Blog Talk Radio. Certainly his better half, 
um, delivered a healthy baby girl. Uh, Madison Jade is her name, and um, um, everybody's doing well. She's a, she's a little cutie pie, and uh, K Star is 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 got his hands full being a new dad. He's going to try to join us tonight, and uh, we wish him and 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 his lady nothing but happiness and success and success over there. And uh, congratulations on a healthy uh, baby daughter. Uh, I have two girls myself, and uh, JB has one of his own. And, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing like it. So congratulations to them over there. Um, so that said, let's roll. Let's rock and roll. Um, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call an audible because I can. It's what I do. It's how we host the show. Uh, 347-838-9525. 347-838-9525 if you want to call in. Twitter is at The Madden Voice. If you're on Facebook, just go to Facebook.com backslash. Backslash the Madden Voice, and uh, and you'll get us, Doctor Train. I wanted to get uh, your reaction to the benching of Jay Cutler, and since you track your team closer than all of us, is there any possibility that he remains a bear after this year? Um, I. I... I would be surprised if he does. If he if he does remain a bear, that means they couldn't find a find find a, a trade suitor. Um, I don't see how they bench him and then keep him and Mark Tressman together. Somebody somebody somebody's going. And uh, considering that they tried to make a quarterback change, uh, I don't think it to be Tressman. Um, and and you know, other, so there are some teams that are quarterback hungry, so. I think they will have a suitor for Jay Cutler. Will we get what we what we pay for him? Absolutely not. The uh, only thing I care about is recouping some of the money we 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 will be paying out to him and getting somebody in there that can that that can take better care of the ball and just make plays. You know, I, I said it before and I said it again. Jay Cutler was a different quarterback before he got paid. You saw it. You know, he watched the games like I watched the games. You saw him try his hardest uh, to make plays. He no longer does that. And, um, yeah, I, I believe he, he took the money. So, yeah, short answer to your question, uh, I, I'll be shocked to see him back. If he's back, that means they couldn't find a trade suitor. Okay. Um, Pro Bowl update. Pretty much you could have guessed the six quarterbacks. Um, no Drew Brees this year. No Drew Brees in the Pro Bowl this year. And if you look at his stats, he's got some pretty good stats. Um, but obviously we know what the team did this year. So um, no Drew Brees. And when you look at all six quarterbacks, uh, all six teams are going to the playoffs. So so there is something to be said for, you know, your team and the success of your team, particularly at the quarterback level. Brady, Luck, Manning, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, and Tony Romo, Pro Bowl. You know, I'm so happy for Tony to get back to a Pro Bowl. That's great. I got to go get my Romo Pro Bowl jersey. All right. Um, speaking of Tony Romo, nice segue into – we've talked about this for a couple of weeks, and there will be some discussion tonight on on the Cowboys because, you know, no one could say that they saw this ass-whooping that the Cowboys put on the Colts. No one saw that coming. Um, although there is a guy that does Cowboy Talk Radio – that did actually say he thought the Cowboys would blow out the Colts. 
and he wasn't being a homer. He just felt the Colts were a horrible matchup for them. So I did hear one guy say it, um, but no one called that. But we're going to talk about that throughout the evening as well. But I, I just want to start with something we've covered on the show, and there's been differing opinions, and K-Star was one who was very vocal uh, that, that uh, Murray really is the, 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 the push behind the Dallas Cowboys. And I have said um, routinely and specifically that while Murray is having – a, a incredible year and just got announced to his second Pro Bowl. Congratulations to Marco. Um, at one point was on record to be up near, um, you know, 2,000, 2,100 yards and, you know, dropped off a little bit and uh, hopefully can get Emmett's record next week. Um, but that said, I have always felt Romo is what made this team go. Um, I'm going to ask JB, as a Cowboy fan and as a football uh, fan, there's been a lot of talk after the game against the Colts about Romo being in that MVP conversation. So I'm going to ask the question, and maybe this could almost be a bona fide or bona front, if you will. Uh, should Tony Romo be in the MVP conversation? Without question. If there was ever any doubt, I think this past um, Sunday's performance put all of those naysayers to rest. DeMarco Murray, he he had the carries that you would hope for, but not the yards. I think he only had 58 yards. Yeah, you saw the precision, the accuracy, the um, the, the basically the the way he orchestrated the offense. 18 to 20 with four touchdowns. I mean, come on, I, I don't know what else there is to say about it. He has to be in the conversation. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think he is definitely in the conversation. Train, your thoughts. Um. In direct response to the question as far as being in a conversation, I, w- I would have to say yes. You consider what the Cowboys did this year. I've always thought Romo played played at a high level with a lot of pressure on his shoulders. And this year he didn't have much pressure on his shoulders uh, because he, you know, because of the, the the play of the offensive line and, and DeMarco Mary's breakout season. Uh, but he did deliver when he needed to deliver. You know, without having without having to carry the Cowboys for the entire season, and that's what you ask of your quarterback: deliver when when your number is called. And he did that. Uh, and with the success of the Cowboys, he's part of that. He's part of that success, a big part of that success for the Cowboys this season. So, to answer your question, yeah, absolutely, including MVP conversation. I, I do want to disagree though with part of what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care how much talent you have on a football team to say that the quarterback doesn't have, you know, the pressure because maybe there's a little more talent. I don't think it's fair because quarterback still has to execute. Dallas has always routinely had talented teams yet three years in or four years in a row didn't make the playoffs, you know, and, and who was beat up more than, than Tony Romo on the Cowboys? Nobody. Every year, choke artists and, you know, can't deliver in the big game. We've had numerous debates on this very show about Romo. And what did I always say? I always said that I think his, his support system is a little overrated. I think there's things missing. And, and, you know, and frankly, there were some things that Tony is doing better this year as well. I, I will say that. Um, but but I, I think that, that while, you know, we know DeMarco Murray's having a great year. We know the offensive line um, is doing a great job. We know Des Bryant is, you know, a, a top five, top three um, wide receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, I saw a game with all those parts in place and Brandon Whedon was the quarterback. 
and the Cowboys were wiped up by um, uh, Arizona, you know. So I, I, I think Romo still has to do everything he's always had to do. He just has better parts around him to get it done. So, so, so what do you when, what are you disagreeing with what I, what I said though? I don't I don't understand the, the pressure. Which, the what same. part you disagreeing with? The, the pressure you said there was less pressure. There's a, the, the, yeah, I, I, I do feel I do feel like there's there's less pressure than the years before. I, I, I absolutely do. This is a team coming off three eight and eight seasons with the worst defense yeah, and, in the NFL and, last and the year. One, and you're one telling person, me that the starting you, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys has less pressure? After just what I'm saying is in regards to pressure. Wait, 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 wait. Hear, hear my complaint. I'm saying is in regards to pressure, T, is that everything was on his shoulders uh, prior to the season. It was always Tony Romo, and you just said it. The parts around him is better than it was before. To me, that creates less pressure. I don't see how don't, that doesn't create less pressure. He doesn't have to carry the team the entire game. He didn't have to do that this season. That's well, that's what I speak in regards to pressure. Because other people are performing better, so the Absolutely. pressure to that makes a big difference. Because the pressure yes. to perform is less. Le- it's less pressure on Romo because the other guys are performing. Because the offensive line is blowing defensive lines off the off the line of scrimmage. Because so, Marco so, Mary is having so, so, a phenomenal season. So, less so, pressure. Any good running game is less pressure off the quarterback. I'm gonna ask you to let football me one on one. I'm gonna ask you to let me finish my point because you keep not letting me finish my point. So I'm gonna ask you first. Let me finish my point. Um, so the four games they lost this year, game one, Romo's back was still hurting. And they lost. Second game they lost was um, the game in Washington where he got knocked out of the game and came back. The third game they lost was Arizona where he didn't play. And the fourth game they lost was Philly where he only had two and a half days to get his back right. Okay? Those were the four losses this year. If you think that Tony Romo doesn't have all of the same pressures as he's had, in previous years, coming off of three eight and eight seasons, with the big contract he got in the off season, and the extra work that the Cowboys have asked him to put into game planning, I I I cannot disagree with you more. He has all. I don't. He has he has reliable parts. We didn't know that. Did did, did who called other than me? Dallas winning the division. Nobody. Nobody. You said the Eagles. Well, you knew who the team was at the beginning of the year. If you felt that that team was so good, why didn't you say the Cowboys were going to the playoffs? Why didn't you say that the Cowboys were going to the playoffs? That playoff? has zero to do with 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 with, with, with me saying that um that 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 viewing Tony Romo this season, he he hasn't had to have the whole team on his shoulders like he like he did before. And and I don't I don't care how you break down their four losses. When it comes to performance of the Cowboys and watching them play, it's not. It hasn't been as much pressure on Romo because of the performing performance of the surrounding parts. I don't see how you don't see that. Maybe we have a different definition of what pressure is. But I mean, don't tell me you don't care about the four losses. Like my points aren't relevant. Now I said I didn't. I said I didn't say anything about 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 about, about, about I didn't care about the four losses. I said I said it doesn't matter how you break down the four losses. Because, That's what I said. Because if everybody else was doing such a great job and didn't need Romo, 
then why then 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 counter my four loss argument. That's my point. See, you 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 you're trying to take me somewhere where I'm not. I'm where I didn't even I didn't even begin at. I'm not dismissing Romo. I'm not saying they don't need Romo. They need him. They always have needed him. My point is. Romo has doesn't have as much pressure as he did the previous seasons simply because the surrounding parts are playing better. It's football 101 to know that a good running game takes pressure off the quarterback. That is my point. That's been my whole point. I show and use football 101 like I'm an idiot. We can disagree. <laughs> See, don't get so sensitive on me, man. Don't, don't, don't start that. I'm not. Uh, I'm just calling it football one on one simply because it is. I'm not trying to attack you, bro. Don't, don't, don't do that. I think I know my team far better than you will ever know my team. But I, and I know it doesn't. It, hey, you counter me on the Bears, and I know the Bears. I, I'm not. I'm not knocking you for that. All I'm saying is, and, 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 and where did the Bears end up with all the things that I said that you said weren't true? So don't tell you know. So. I'm looking at I, 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 the Bears didn't didn't do anything that you said that they that they needed to do, and I didn't disagree with you as far as what they needed to do. If we rehashed that argument, I disagreed that the that at that time you was explaining that the offense was going through Martellus Bennett, and I told you that wasn't the case. There's a different. I'm back to the Cowboys. There's a difference. All right. In Romo has to do less in saying the pressure is less. Those are two separate statements. When you have a running back... See, and, that's, and that's why I think our disconnect is, because that's what I, I consider... When I consider pressure, I consider the, fe- the, the pressure to do more versus the pressure to not do so much. And that's what I'm speaking towards. So if that's our disconnect, then maybe we have a connect. But I'm not dismissing the fact that the Dallas needs Romo. They've always have. I never said you. He's been that guy. What I what I am saying to you, and this is again, we've had the argument about your team. I follow this team religiously. <laughs> this is the guy in the NFL. No one, no one gets beat up more than Tony Romo when something goes wrong. No one choke artist can't deliver in the fourth quarter. One playoff victory in his entire career. You can't. I, yeah. don't, give, I don't give a crap if Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith. Whoever's on that team, if Tony Romo is the quarterback because of who he is and the star on that helmet, he has gone through more than any quarterback in the NFL through his career, period. You can't sit here now and say all of a sudden this year, because he's got an offensive line, because he's got DeMarco Murray, who he's had last year, by the way, the last few years, just this year, playing a little bit better. The only difference on that line is one player. A lot better. Who playing a lot better. Des Bryant, who we had last year, all of a sudden, oh, there's less pressure on Romo. The same pressure exists. And what uh, Romo is doing differently this year is he's performing the highest QBR of his career. The best I, I, of his we'll career. just agree to disagree, bro. We'll just well, agree to disagree. I don't, I, don't see, I don't see it the way you see it. I see it completely different. All right. Just, just do me a solid. We can disagree. Don't insult my football knowledge. I've never no one, you're taking that personal, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm asking you not to take it personal. I wasn't attacking your football knowledge. I was Stay simply stating one, something one, that one, I believe one, is a fact. 
So I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to attack you, bro. That's that's not that's not my purpose at all. Explaining to you how it was an attack. It may not have been your intent, but it's what you did, and that's not necessary. When you to, tell to me say football one on one. When you tell is, me is that, that what you speak? Can I finish? Yes. We disagree, and as we are disagreeing, you're saying, well, it's football one-on-one, like I'm an idiot. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> like I said, okay. We just disagree. <laughs> oh, that would be like one-on-one. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't see it your way. I don't see it your way at all. That's why That would I'm be like me saying having a, a, a good run game in the playoffs is 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 football one on one. When I that that's a statement just saying these are these are things that have proven to be helpful. It's not to insult you. That's what I was that's what I'm trying to let you know. So don't don't take it personal cuz I'm not trying to attack you T. It's not even it's not my goal here. Well, I I don't see the comparison to your last statement to your first. What I'm saying okay. to you, we have a difference of opinion that has to do with Frankly, I don't think mine is an opinion because I follow this team a lot closer than you do. And I, I read everything about them. I listen to the shows about them. I'm all over this. And the difference this year, the number one difference, everyone says it's DeMarco Murray. No, it's not. The number one difference, I'm going to say it's offensive line. No, it's not. The number one difference this year is Tony Romo. Tony Romo is playing at a level this year. And if you listen wow. to him at the beginning of the year like I did, he told everybody to do that. He told everybody that he had studied and made some changes to his game, and he was going to play at the highest level of his career. He said that in September. He said, I will play at the highest level of my career this year. You will sit. I'm at the point now where I have studied this game. I understand it better than I've ever understood it before. My mechanics are better. I've made some adjustments, and you will see. This year, I will play at the highest level I've ever played. And so while we can say the offensive line has been helpful, absolutely, it's a team game. We can say that DeMarco Murray, 1,700-plus yards, has been a big help. Absolutely, it's a team game. But the pressure on Romo did not go away. And the expectations now are going through the roof. Why? Because of what this team – now, I'm going to tell you something. This team falls on its face, which I hope it doesn't. You watch who gets the blame. It's not going to be Murray. It's not going to be the offensive line. It's going to be Tony Romo. He choked. Him. I mean that 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 goes without saying, bro. That's I, I know he's going to get the blame. Already, I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't disagree with you there. But my, I do disagree with you on 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 his on the value of of his play this season. I just think the other parts of other surrounding parts, the run game, uh, especially, makes a big difference on how much a quarterback has to do. Well, and the amount of pressure that's on the quarterback. And well, we, I think that was huge for Dallas saw, this season for them to be successful. We saw the Colts game. We saw the Colts game. And Murray, mm-hmm. they have him in the game. Spiritual lift, you know, motivational lift. Romo won that game. Okay. And, and that's and that's and, exactly. And, and, okay. and, that was, and that was a game that in the past, I don't know that Tony Romo wins based on his history. Based on his history, those were the games that Romo throws the late interception, that Romo makes a mistake, makes a misjudgment. And this was a game where Romo did what he needed to do. And guess what? Still ran the ball over 30 times. They still when ran they're, the ball when over they're, 
but they were blowing the Colts out. Most of the time when Romo makes his game, it's the tight games that he ends up throwing away. Well, I'm talking about big games. This was a big game. You win and you're in the playoffs. You win and you've got the division. And his knock has been in the big games, he falters, he fails. And, and me and you both know, because I've, 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 I've watched them since they put Dallas on every time. I've watched, I've watched quite a few of those big games, and I've always uh, applauded the way he's played. And he's won some of those. He's won quite a few of those big games. I, but when I they lose, that. of course, it's all on him. But he just hasn't had that consistent pressure on him all year long. Because of the offensive line, because of the run game, because the defense is getting better as the season is going. Yeah, I, I completely disagree. I think the pressure well, is there. We just have to agree to disagree, bro. Is, is, Jay, Jay, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. We've been talking a lot. So, um, and, and, yeah. you know, what, what, what do you think? Well, I, I can see both sides of the point. Maybe this is the voice of reason coming out, but I see where you're coming from. And when you look at it from the perspective of, before the season starts, the same amount of pressure that was on him in the prior years, same amount of pressure was on him entering the year. But then again, I can also see it from Dr. Train's perspective is the season has gone on, and you see the kind of offensive line that he has in front of him. You see the kind of run game he has now in front of him. The fact that they're controlling the ball much more so than they have in the past, I can see where his point is coming also. Because the thing of it is, has Romo elevated his game by himself? Absolutely. Has the team around them elevated their own games as well? Absolutely. And I think those two together combined to have Romo having the kind of season that he's having because the defense is marginally better than last year, a lot of it having to do because of the offensive line controlling the football. They haven't had to be on the field as as much as they had in the past. The time of possession, you can see the big swing. If you were to see the average time of possession this year versus last year, it's probably about a five- or six-minute difference. So you got five or six minutes of the defense not being on the field and the offense being on the field instead. That's a huge difference and a huge factor as to why you're seeing success the Cowboys are having. Is the pressure still on Romo? Definitely. Is he going to take the blame if, if they collapse? Absolutely. That That is a given because it seems like the quarterback, when they do well, they get too much credit, and when they don't do well, they get too much blame. That's just the, the nature of the beast with that position. But both, both well, I'm sides not talking are about. I'm talking about the Cowboy quarterback. Romo gets, and, and no one can deny. And if you deny I'm this, then, 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 then I don't know what football you've been watching. Romo gets more blame than any quarterback in the NFL. Let me finish, though. I wasn't done either. And I'm not saying that he's not going to get the blame. He is going to get the blame. It doesn't matter if he's uh, – it doesn't matter. He's going to get the blame is my point. Whether they, if they lose, he's going to get the blame more so than what he deserves. If they win, he's going to get all the, all the glory that comes with it, potentially more than may, what he may deserve depending upon how they play. That's just how it goes. But that's I'm not, not what that, but that, first of all, that's not what's happening, though. What, what people are saying, Jay, is, Yes, Romo's playing great, but the reason they're winning is a better offensive line. DeMarco Murray, you know, the defense is playing better. So that what you just said is not happening. It's not happening. And yet if they lose, I will promise you this. He's going, they're not going to say, man, DeMarco Murray had a bad game. Man, I can't believe the defense didn't show up. They're going to say, Romo choked again. Romo lost it. Again. 
I'm agreeing with that. I, I don't see what the point. I'm, 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 there's no problem in that. I'm agreeing with but what you're saying. he's not getting more credit. He's not getting more credit. He is. If, if that's the side of the fence you focus on, you're absolutely right. If they flop, he is going to get the blame for it. I'm not but disagreeing you with you. Made, you also made a statement that when they win, quarterbacks, including Romo, maybe sometimes get more credit than they deserve. And I'm saying – and this is, really the, this is really the foundation of my point. I agree with the general statement that quarterbacks take too much of the blame for winning and too much of the blame for the losing. The general statement, I agree with. What I'm saying is, is that Tony Romo, with the star on his helmet, falls into a different category. He is the most maligned quarterback in the NFL, period. Not, there's not even a close second. And so when they win... What do people say? Well, Romo had a good game, you know, sometimes. But where, do they, where are they looking at this year? You just heard it from Dr. Train. The offensive line, wide receivers, everybody's saying. And I'm not, this is not a criticism of Dr. Train's position on that. This is what everybody's saying. People are saying, oh, I don't know that Romo should be an MVP because he's got more parts around him than other teams. So I don't think he should be an MVP candidate. Or if he is, he shouldn't be a front runner. But if they lose... They're going to attack it. They're not going to say the same thing. They're not going to say, well, you know, it was a team loss and all these parts around him. Romo, unfortunately, some of it is his own fault because of some of his past uh, performances or lack of performances, but there is a big, huge negative perception over this guy that he carries around season to season, game to game, week to week. He just fortunately is at a point in his career where he rises above that. He doesn't let it bring him down like a Cam Newton or some of these other guys. But the pressure, which goes all the way back to my original point, on Tony Romo hasn't changed one iota. It is still that people are sitting waiting, fans, pundits, other teams, they are waiting. The difference this year is it ain't happened. It hasn't happened. But they're waiting, and he knows it. He just gives a man credit. He's got a freaking cast iron will at least this year, and he's, 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 he's in a Michael Jordan-like refuse-to-lose mentality, and I appreciate that. But it, it takes that to be successful with the spotlight and the focus. Watch any of the shows and talk about Romo's um, MVP candidacy. You get a couple guys that say, Mariucci said absolutely he should be in there. You won't get anybody that says he should be a front-runner. Now, why wouldn't he be a front-runner? Think about it for a minute. That he has this year. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady have those statistics. Number one in QBR. Number one in yards per attempt. You know, uh, number one in fourth quarter QBR. Number one in fourth quarter QBR when, when down by eight points. You know, any of these guys have those stats? Press is eating it up. Shoo-in. Shoo-in MVP. Romo has it? Well, yeah, but look at the parts he has around him. He's not playing by the same rules, unfortunately. And maybe I see it more because I follow the team day in and day out. And so I see it, and it kind of irritates the hell out of me. But that's what the man is dealing with. And that's why I say that not necessarily in the 60-minute gap because he's got to do his job, but the pressure, it won't go in. Hopefully, you know, some playoff success, and then people will finally back off and leave him alone. Maybe. I doubt it. All right, still no K-Star. All right. <laughs> JB, can the Cowboys and the Steelers 
You know, we, we you know, can, can they meet for a record fourth time in the Super Bowl? Is it possible? Um, and the reason I asked this question is I got thinking about this when the Steelers made it to the playoffs and then the Cowboys make it to the playoffs. Ben's having a great year. Um, Steelers are having a pretty good year. And at one point we were talking about Tomlin might be coaching for his job. I guess that's out the window. Um, they have their own triplets over there in, in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, we said a couple weeks ago that, you know, New England, Denver, Seattle, Green Bay are kind of the four teams. But that said, New England showed a little crack in their armor, right? You know, Jets come in and play, play uh, New England tough, right? Green Bay loses a game in there. You know, probably the only team of the four that really hasn't cracked yet is Seattle. But we saw Dallas earlier in the year. Granted, Seattle has some injuries, but no one called this. Go into Seattle and punk them. So, <clears throat> is he a north too early? Is it possible that the Cowboys and the Steelers could make a run, peaking at the right time, and shock the world and meet in the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's absolutely possible. First off, just from bare bones perspective, they're both in the playoffs. Secondly, we've seen number six seeds make it all the way to the Super Bowl. So, with, with those mm-hmm. two things, then absolutely, there's there's a legitimate chance, and I wouldn't be blown away by it because you think about it. In a lot of ways, these teams are mirror images of each other. They've got a stout run game. They got two quarterbacks playing at, at a very high level. They've got great wide receivers. The defenses look a lot like each other. So if if they were to go head up to see who wins, it may boil down to special teams or or a lucky bounce one way or the other. But your in your original question, is it possible? Absolutely. Absolutely possible. Train, did we anoint those four teams a little early? Is parity beginning to show itself in the NFL? Actually, man, I have to honestly say I think we did because uh, what I saw, what I saw uh, last week and even the week before, you see Green Bay lose to a Buffalo team that's not even going to the play, doesn't even have a chance to get to the playoffs. Uh, and you know, we we talked about how epic the Patriots-Packers game was, and that, that's something you would want to see uh, in, in, a, in, in a Super Bowl matchup. Uh, but what I have seen the Steelers and the Cowboys do is catch momentum at the right time of the season. This is when you want your team to hit, to hit, the, you know, to hit the gas pedal and, and go full steam ahead. Winning in, winning in December going into the playoffs is big, uh, no matter what your record is. If you win in December and go into the playoffs, you carry quite a bit of momentum. And sometimes it's good not to even have that bye week. Sometimes. But, you know, people have their opinion to agree or disagree on that. But, you know, let's just say the Cowboys don't get the bye week. You know, there's still more momentum going into, you know, that next game, which will be a home game to whoever else is coming, whoever's coming to their home. And, and uh, that's a lot of steam. And, and same for the Steelers. They they beat Cincinnati. They win the division. They go in with a home game. That's good steam. That's That's good momentum going forward. And you'll see, you, I, you've seen my power rankings already. Uh, I've already, like, shift a whole lot just just looking at the entire season and looking at, and also looking at teams have how Cowboys and Steelers and some of the other teams are, are trying to win as of late. It's, it's important to win at this time of year. And uh, we're going to have a pretty exciting playoffs because of it. Yeah, although I will say this. Seattle looks doggone good, though. <laughs> Oh, they I mean, do. Seattle, Seattle went into Arizona and just smacked them boys. They just smacked them boys. Um, they definitely do not look like the same team 
that Dallas took care of um, earlier in the season. They they definitely look like a much better team than that than that team. I'd like to think Dallas is a better team than then as well, but Seattle is, is Seattle really looks strong. I gotta admit. Um, and 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 I do want to clear up. Um, there's a lot of discussion about the Cowboys and playoffs, and should they play their starters? And I'm going to ask that question in a minute. But before I ask that question, I'm calling another audible because I can. If you want to call in, it's three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. That's three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. But a lot of questions about Cowboys postseason. So I'm going to explain it one time so everybody understands. And trust me, this is it. This is the way it is. Okay? The only way the Cowboys can get a number one seed is um, Green Bay and Detroit have to tie and Arizona has to lose and Dallas has to win. That's it. That's how they get a number one seed. Okay? Um, so here's tie in there, Detroit and Green Bay. Probably not going to happen, okay? You know, we play 500, over 500 games. Uh, by the time it's over, we've had one tie. So I wouldn't count on that. So number one seed, for all, for all practical purposes, is not going to happen. Number two seed, um, Arizona has to lose. Seattle, I mean, uh, yeah, Seattle has to lose. That's it. Arizona loses, Seattle loses. There's a ton of scenarios that involve ties. Don't waste your time. Arizona loses. Um, Seattle loses, Dallas is the number two seed, and they don't have to beat the Redskins. And I'm going to explain it for people out there that can't get it. I had a long, long conversation on Facebook with a friend of mine. He knows who he is. He was supposed to call in, but of course he didn't because people don't want to call in. They want to sit there and say they're going to call in, but then they don't call in. And he, he kept telling me, I kept telling him, this game for seeding purposes against the Redskins means nothing. Or seeding. He says, no, it means something. And he said, I said, it means something. We want to go in there and whoop up on the Redskins. But for seeding purposes in the playoffs, this game means nothing. And some people don't understand because they're thinking, well, if Seattle and, uh, and uh, Arizona lose and then Dallas loses, you have a three-way tie at 11-5, and five, and Dallas loses three-way ties. That's true. Except in this case, one of them just won a division. So it's not a three-way tie. So in this case, uh, Seattle wins the division, and Arizona becomes a wild card. No longer a three-way tie. It's now a two-way tie between two division winners. Dallas wins because in a two-way tie, it's head-to-head. In a three-way tie, it's conference record first. Two-way tie, it's head-to-head. So, if Dallas wants a two-seed, all they have to do is watch Arizona and Seattle and hope that they lose. That's it. So, for that reason... Question. Yes, sir. Question. What about the Lions-Packers game? Lions-Packers game, if it ends in a tie, Dallas can get a one seed. Other but than I mean, that. In, in regards to the two seed, what happens with, with that Packers game? If, if, the, if the Cowboys lose to the Redskins and Seattle loses, or I think you said Seattle, I'm, I, I can't recall, but what, what happens with, with the, the Packers-Lions game? Well, we realize that both of those teams are at 11 and 4. If Dallas loses, Dallas goes to 11 and 5. One of those teams just went to 12 and 5. They're a division winner. The other one's a wild card team. Okay. So now, and, and, and so now you have Dallas at 11 and 5, that team at 12 and 4. 
Dallas sits out. If Dallas wins, they're going to they, – they didn't go head-to-head against either one of these teams. So then you go to conference record, and Dallas loses on conference record to both Green Bay and Detroit. Dallas can't outseed Green Bay and in, in, in Detroit with the same record. They can't. Those two teams will beat, will beat Dallas in seeding. That's why if they tie, then Dallas would have to win to get the one seed because now they have a better record. They played Seattle. That's the difference. So when you play the team, head-to-head is first. Unless it's a three-way tie, it's conference record. If it's a two-way tie and you didn't play them, then it's conference record. Dallas cannot beat Green Bay or Detroit on conference record. That Washington loss, that San Francisco loss is certainly stinging right now. That makes sense? Uh, it, it does, but I guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like you had started off saying that the game really doesn't mean anything seeding-wise for the Cowboys. It doesn't, because if if, if let's let's just assume that Dallas um, loses, Arizona and Detroit both lose, okay? Um, not Detroit. I'm sorry. Arizona and Seattle both lose. All right. Seattle won the division. Dallas won the division. Dallas will outseed Seattle based on head-to-head. Okay? They, now, if they win and we go on a three-way tie, Dallas cannot be in a three-way tie because their conference is below everybody. So a three-way tie does Dallas no good. A two-way tie with Seattle, they can win. A two-way tie with Arizona, they can't win. A two-way tie with Detroit, they can't win. A two-way tie with Green Bay, they can't win. So the only way that they can get to number one seed is if Detroit and Green Bay were to tie. Yeah, I, I got the number one. Green Bay, they win. They have the conference record over um, Seattle and Arizona. I, I got the tie part, and I got Seattle and Arizona losing. That's how they get to the number one seed. I got that part. I understand that. Okay. But I'm thinking about the number two seed. The fact that you said it doesn't mean anything for them to to uh, against the Redskins. I'm trying to tie that together. Because this, because the only way that they can get a number two seed is if Detroit, Detroit saying Detroit. Um, Arizona and Seattle have to both lose, and then they can get a two seed. Because Detroit and Green Bay, one of them is going to win. So the one that wins is going to out. In this scenario, one of those teams wins. They've just got the they've got the number one seed. Dallas would get the two seed. Seattle would get the three seed. The Carolina um, uh, Atlanta winner gets the four seed, and then you've got. Um, uh, uh, Detroit Packers loser, and you've got the um, uh, Cardinals. All right. Well, part of the explanation you were breaking up, but I guess where I'm coming from is the the most likely scenario is for them to be a three seed. Is that what I'm hearing? The most likely scenario, if you look at who the other two teams are playing, they're pretty much locked in as a three seed. It, it is. I mean, you got St. Louis going to Seattle to play Seattle. You've got um, uh, San Francisco 
playing Arizona in Arizona. Now, that's a game, you know, frankly, they're playing some rookie quarterback in Arizona. I mean, that's a game Seattle can go in there. I mean, um, I keep, I'm, I'm sorry I keep screwing up the names. San Francisco can go in and win that game if they're so, if they're so in, inclined to play hard. Don't know what the state of mind is. Harbaugh's looking like he's all but gone. But they could win because Arizona, you know, backup, backup quarterback. But the Rams going into Seattle after beating Seattle earlier in the year in St. Louis, I don't see that happening at all. I was asking the way I was asking because I wasn't sure if you were going to say that regardless of how they play, it really doesn't matter because I think we all know the worst they can do is a three seed, but we know that there's possibilities of a one and a two seed for them. The possibility of a one is so remote that I that I almost, you know, don't even want to consider it because you need a tie, and we're not getting right. a tie. So right. two seed is, 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 is a little more realistic to discuss, but then they don't need to win to get the two seed. So that's, that's, that's what people aren't grasping, is that Dallas will get the two seed if those both of those teams lose. Regardless of whether they win or lose, they don't have to beat the Redskins to get the two seed. Uh, you, you're still breaking up. Uh, Trainer, are you there? Can you hear what I'm hearing? Yeah, I can. I mean, I can. I can make them out though. I, I do hear the hear the break up a little bit, but I've I've been able to understand what's being said. Okay, because um, I'm a little under the weather. Everything is clear for me right now, so that's why I had to ask. Um, okay. All right, we can we can move on. If, if you if you if you if you don't remember anything else, the biggest thing that people aren't there aren't grasping is. Dallas does not need to beat Washington to get the two seed. They can get it off of two other teams losing, and they're, they got it. Even if they lose to Washington 11-5, and five, they still have the two seed. So that, that's why there's a lot. If you watch any of the shows, people are asking, do you rest your starters? Do you play your starters? I'm in the mindset that at least for a half you want to play them, um, at least. I think rhythm is important. I think momentum is important. I don't like the idea of folding up tent for week 17 and then ramping it back up for your playoff. I, I, I don't like that. I, I think, you know, I, I think you play your guys, preferably I'd play them the whole game. But if you want to play it safe because you're worried about Murray's hand, Romo's back, you know, Doug Freeze, uh ankle, you know, whatever the case may be, fine. Then um, get him in there for a half. Do it like a preseason game. Half, three quarters, you know, get them in rhythm, let them play, let them execute, and play to win. You know what I mean? I mean, go in there, go in there and play to win, you know? But That's exactly how I treated like the, the last preseason, that the last meaningful preseason where they play the starters uh, halfway through the, uh, the third quarter or maybe even closer towards the end of the third quarter at most. But for all that you just stated, I completely agree, and that's what I'm hoping to see also. Completely agree. Train, what would you do? Would you play him? Would you sit him? Um, I, I personally, you know, depending on the Marco Murray's hand, um, I, he would probably be the first person I look at, at sitting. Uh, Romo, I would probably play uh, like you guys said, 
Um, Doug Freak offensive linemen are big. Um, uh, and with that line and all the other parts to it, depend on, you know, uh, how, you know how serious it is. I will probably come close to maybe sitting him majority of the game. Uh, but just looking at the the three guys that you that you talk for injury, that's how I would treat them. Uh, and for the majority of the team, I'll probably go with that same uh, scenario, mostly through the through the third quarter. And depending on uh, the score of the game and, and what it's looking like, you know, uh, start to slowly pull people out. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I think you got to play them, but I think you play them smart. You play to win, but I think yeah. you want to be smart too. You know. So yeah, I agree. All right, uh, we have with us the new dad, <laughs> and that's all the introduction he's getting. New Papa K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice, and uh, congratulations. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, just for the record, I have a bunch of uh, family in town, so I'm not sure how I'm going to be on here, but I want to at least call and do what I could do and uh, join you fellows and uh, contribute best I could. So happy to be here. Absolutely, understood. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, we were we were on a few topics, and one I put on there um, that I thought you would appreciate, K-Star, but, you know, your Steelers in the playoffs, my Cowboys in the playoffs, both teams getting some momentum, both teams peaking at the right time. K-Star, I asked you as the Pittsburgh Steeler guru on this, on this panel, is it possible that we anointed the, the – Patriots and the Broncos and the Seahawks and the Packers a little early and could the Cowboys and the and the Steelers steal the show and meet in the Super Bowl for a record fourth time? Do you think that's possible, K Star? It's certainly possible. Both teams are um, playing the best football at the right time, and that's partially the biggest thing that any playoff team would want is for their teams to get hot at the right time. I mean, we've seen wild card teams. Pulled off many times throughout this past decade. I mean, the Steelers, the the Cowboys, they both have a they have three things in common, and that's great quarterback play this year, running back play, and receiver play. They you know they each you know have their triplets, and um, certainly have players that can rise to the occasion and make those plays. And if you look at on the NFC side uh, with Seattle playing as well as they are, well, the biggest uh, matchup uh, you know struggle that they would have to deal with is from Dallas. You know with how well Dallas has run the ball and. We saw what Dallas did at Seattle previously. And with um, who I consider the favorite in the AFC, New England, um, I think that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown present a lot of matchup problems uh, for them. And I mean, we've seen Big Ben do his thing before. And you see Denver trending downwards uh, recently with the way they've been playing. They've, they definitely are not, they're definitely not playing their best football at the right time. So absolutely, there's definitely a possibility. Absolutely. You know, you bring up something I didn't put on the schedule, but I've got to ask. I don't really know who that. Let me ask you, K Star, because you you certainly living out there in a formerly known as Peyton Manning land, have a lot of knowledge on Peyton Manning, uh, you know his the history. The Cowboys became kind of a run first team this year. Um, the Steelers, you know, kind of a run first team this year. Um, can you explain to me when you have a quarterback like Peyton Manning, why they think that the Broncos? should be a run first team like they've done for the last three to four weeks? Uh, well, I mean, they have a good back that they found in C.J. Anderson, but I don't think that's necessarily the reason why. I mean, I don't know if Peyton's injured and they haven't, you know, publicly announced that to be the case. But the way they kind of 
almost flipped a switch overnight to change their offensive philosophy is kind of interesting, and I think there's something to it. Um, you know, there have been reports anyway from last week. Peyton had to leave the game early at San Diego, go to half early, get some IVs for a flu. But um, there were some Denver beat riders who, you know, suggested that Maine was also hurt physically, uh, maybe a shoulder issue. I don't know. But um, it, it, listen, something like that, it's not going to change overnight. You don't just change your offensive philosophy when what you were doing had, was working so tremendously into such, again, a, a night and day approach where you change your scheme that much. And, and so, you know, there's a reason why. It's not just because, oh, we have to run the ball to be very good. They already know they have a good running back. Yeah, they can run the ball, but they shouldn't be a run first team or transitioning into it. So that I just think that Peyton's hurt. I think that there's something more to what's going on than what they're trying to elude. And I'm sure we'll hear about it in the offseason once it's all said and done. But, yeah, to me, he's hurt. He doesn't look right, too, when you watch him play. Well, you know, and, 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 and I got to tell you, I'm watching this game, and I'm like, they're getting in a huddle. <laughs> you know? Right. I'm just, it's, weird. It's, just, it's just not the Peyton Manning we've watched for and, so many years. And, and they're throwing screens on, like, third and ten. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, Train, you're, you're you know, I, I mean, are K-Star and I delusional here? Or, I mean, do you like the change in Denver? Now, we know, you know, they didn't win uh, last night, but do you like the change? Do you think they're – you know, talk to me. I don't even know how to ask the question, but what do you think about the change we've seen in Denver? Um, let me first say I think it's always good to get your run game going. But – I'm never a proponent of trying to fix something that isn't broken. And um, just to add on to his play last night, that guy threw so many ducks. That ball looked like it had no zip on it, on a lot of his throws. And so uh, something's going on, uh, possibly going on with Peyton Manning. And uh, it's the wrong time for it to happen uh, because they are a pass-first team. And the run game helps to keep defenses honest keep them balanced, and it uh, you, you don't know when it's coming because you got to defend so many weapons in the pass game. So, yeah, uh, I would have to agree that something, something's going on with uh, possibly going on with Peyton Manning. Okay. All right. Curious. It's curious. It's curious. Um, K-Star, you know, you and I had gotten into a little blurb uh, about uh, the triplets, and, you know, uh, you, you, you boldly – are now stating that you feel that the Steelers have a better trio than the Cowboys. Um, state, state your case to, uh, to uh, well, Dr. Train is probably the only one without a vested interest in this. So state your case. You know, actually with this, with this topic, and it's up to you, we can definitely do it now. I was hoping we could actually re- uh, do this one next week after the kind of the dust has settled a bit. Um, because playoffs, as you know. we get in the playoffs next week. Yeah, <laughs> playoffs. Who cares? Next week it's playoff time, bro. You know what I mean? Playoff, playoff. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> right. Hold on. Talk. I just, I just talked myself into that. Uh, playoffs? What talk about <laughs> playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Uh, well, first of all, I don't want to say it's boldly. I think that, yeah, of course I said it's boldly. I'm a fan, but it is close. It's not, you know, a blowout either way. Um, you know, as I stated earlier, Ben and, and, and Tony, uh, both selected to the Pro Bowl, by the way. Um, actually, uh, the triplets on both sides were both all selected. They're all three, um, all six of them are in. So yeah. You know, it, it, yep. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. Um, yeah. you know, but 
here, here's my reason for the Steelers is that this is the first year in a long, long time where the Steelers' defense has been truly terrible and, like, truly bad, like a really bad defense. And giving up over 320 pass yards a game, uh, four and a half yards per carry. Like, the, the offense has all season long carried this team um, and it's ranked first in the league for it, you know, as the yards have reflected that. And this is the first QB running back wide receiver combo uh, since Peyton Manning uh, in 2001 to have a 4,500-yard-plus passer, uh, receiver, and running back um, with with that combo being Peyton, Nedrin, and, and Marvin Harrison. So statistically, they're getting the job done there as well. Um, and the, the the thing with the Steelers is they, they play in the AFC North, and that division's been absolutely tough this season. Um, in my opinion, stronger than the NFC East, which has been tough in its own right. But, I mean, there's potential for three teams from that division to make the playoffs. So that should suggest right there that with that tougher uh, division record, that division, that the Steelers triple it and even more crucial to their team's uh, success through uh, opponent strength or strength of schedule. Um, and experience, when you look at comparing them individually, Ben to Romo, <clears throat> Romo's been absolutely terrific this season, as has Ben. Um, Ben's had a lot more responsibility uh, for his team uh, in, in with pass attempts. I mean, over 120 plus more than, than Romo, and he's on pace right now. Big Ben is for 5,000 passing yards, and again, I mean, we've seen what Big Ben's done in the playoffs, so on and so forth. I don't think anyone would disagree that he's a better player. Um, running back wise, I mean, Demarco Murray, Le'Veon Bell—they're really neck and neck. I mean, DeMarco Murray's averaging 142 total yards a game, Le'Veon 141. Um, I think the thing with Le'Veon, though, is, you know, with, with DeMarco and Le'Veon, when you look at them, the number that sticks out to me is five fumbles for, for DeMarco Murray, none for Le'Veon Bell, which is truly amazing. And with Brown and Des Bryant, Des is a beast. I love Des Bryant. I'm actually a fan of Des Bryant. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Le'Veon Bell has fumbled this year. That's not true. No, no he has not. He has no fumbles this season. Uh, no, he has fumbled. He has fumbled over. He has fumbled. No, he hasn't. This year. The, what game? Okay. I just there's actually an article that about how he's the first. He's the first Mark person Murray to to close two thousand plus yards. It's week without six. Fumble. Oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe. You know what? Maybe, maybe I misread the stat. Maybe I misread the stat. I, I retract my statement. I, I read a stat that led me to believe that that Le'Veon Bell fumbled, but now that I rethink the stat. I'm I'm misinterpreting it, so I I retract it. Maybe he didn't, but what I heard was from since week since game five, Demarco Murray has the most carries in the NFL without a fumble, including over your boy Le'Veon Bell. But anyway, continue, continue. Um, you know, speaking to that point, speaking to that point, Le'Veon Bell, two thousand plus yards. Uh, He's only second running back in NFL history to do that without one fumble in the season. Hopefully, he can finish that out week seventeen. If that stands true, then. That's pretty uh, impressive in its own right. Hey, and you look at Antonio Brown versus Des Bryant, you can make the case for either one. But, I mean, Antonio Brown, from a statistical standpoint, has been better the past couple of seasons. Led the league last year uh, in receiving yards and doing it again this year. Um, and receptions. I mean, this dude is, is, about, to, uh, is about to finish second all-time uh, in most receptions in the season of Marvin Harrison, passing Herman Moore. Uh, if he continues his, his league average re, uh, reception for a game, so he's just been terrific. You, are, you, are you finished? Are you done? Did you want to talk about? Did you want to talk about their foot, their shoe size, or their blood type, or anything like that? While you're at it, 
Because you talk about playoffs, which I have nothing to do with what we're talking about. You talk about playoffs and all that. I don't know what that has to do with, you know, we're we talking about what's going on this year with your triplets and our triplets. And by the way, not for nothing, I should come up with another name because the triplets, that, that whole term was started by the Cowboys to describe Troy Aikman, Evan Smith, and Michael Irvin. And now, now, they're, now they're just using it. Any team that has a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, oh, triplets. And, yeah, yeah you know, play a role there. Um, I almost feel like I, – I, I seriously almost feel like I don't really even need to respond because, you know, most of what you're saying is, is, is accurate, but as usual, you, you, you don't tell the whole story. Um, let me start with the most important stat is wins and losses. Not only do we have one more win than you, but we have won our division where you are playing for your division – Something we did the last three years, you're doing this year, the last week of the game. We go into the last week of the game with the division clinched and, and a three seed definitely locked where you could be going into the playoff as a wild card. So all your great stats and all your great performance could have you in the playoffs, but as a wild card. And as wild card, um, pretty much with one exception, you're probably on the road the whole, the whole wild card. Okay, So let's start, let's start there. Um, Ben's having a great year. Bell's having a great year. Antonio Brown's having a great year. Let's start with Big Ben. You made a statement. Well, it's pretty obvious that Ben is a better quarterback than Romo. This year, no, that's not obvious. Because that's what we're talking about. You know, you know, it, it's like saying that, um, you know, Breeze this year sucks. He's not even in a Pro Bowl. But how's Breeze's career been? Pretty damn good, right? He's still one of the four horsemen. He's still one of the greatest, latest games. But this year, he hasn't. And if you look at Breeze's stats, Stats aren't all, aren't really that far off of what he's been doing, but that's another conversation. The point is, is that this year, I think Romo's having a better year. Number one over even Aaron Rodgers in QBR. Number one in yards per per attempt. Okay, number one in fourth quarter QBR when it really matters. You know, the 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 volume of statistics is certainly one way to look at it. And and I can't deny that when someone throws for a lot of you, oh, and number one in the, in the NFL in completion percentage, by the way, um, Tony Robo. Um, so, but volume, when you talk about number of catches, number of yards, number of passes, is certainly one way to look at it. But quality has to play a part in there, too. And that's where I think the players at Dallas has separate themselves from, from the Steelers. You know, when you look at Ben and Romo, Romo's – Romo has the better statistics as far as quality goes. Higher percentages, higher QBR. He's just playing at that level this year that just doesn't happen often in many uh, passers' uh, uh, careers. When you're looking at Des Bryant, yeah, Antonio Brown has statistically more yards, statistically more catches. Can't deny that. But I, I'm going to say this till the cows come home. If you're starting an NFL team and you're going out there to get a wide receiver – I'm going to tell you there's going to be few people that are neutral, neutral, that are going to pick Antonio Brown over Des Bryant just because of what Des can do on the field at six foot three, and Antonio at 5'10 just can't do. He just can't. He just just can't. He cannot do the things that Des Bryant can do. So, and as far as Cullen Murray, yeah, I mean, Murray, I thought, came out the gate very fast and was really light years ahead, and Bell over the last, Six weeks has really done a great job and closed that gap. Uh, Murray, rushing-wise, it's not even close. But when you add in Bell's uh, receptions, now it becomes a conversation. They're both good on blitz pickup. 
Uh, frankly, they're both good out of the backfield, but, you know, Murray, Murray is not needed in that capacity as much as Bell is. So, you know, there, there's a difference. Um, so if, if, we, if we call that a wash, which I'm willing to say that that's a wash, even though for me with a running back, their first job is to run the football. <laughs> that's their first job. And if they can't do that, you know, as great of a pass receiver as Marshall Falk was, the guy ran for over 11,000 yards in his career too, you know? So if you can't do that, then really, are you really helping your team if you can't go out there and run the ball for 20, 25 times and get 100 and 125 yards? And Murray has done that part much better than that. So, you know, I just – I think this year right now, and, and, and it's relatively close, but I just think right now Dallas, Dallas is triplets you know, outdoes the Steelers threesome. I can't even call you on triplets. That's just that's just blasphemy to even call them triplets. You know, I'm starting to help me. Not triplets. Just, I, can't <laughs> I just can't. Well, that's fine. We don't have to call them triplets. We didn't call us a trio. It doesn't matter. But um, as far as Le'Veon to DeMarco, I mean, you know, the rushing yards, yes, DeMarco Murray has more, but he also has – uh, plenty more carries. Le'Veon has a slightly better average, point one, whatever. Um, but I think what the thing with both teams are is they, they schematically they play to their team's strengths. I mean, you look at uh, Dallas; that's definitely a run-first team. Uh, I disagree with you saying Pittsburgh's a run-first team. They're definitely a pass-first team. They're just a team that can also run the ball really well. Just as like Dallas, Dallas can throw the ball really well when needed and when called upon. But you know, there's a different element to this, and it's the defense. You guys' defense. Well, I don't think it's quite good at all. I think it's a little overrated. It's certainly a lot better than what the Steelers defense have been this year. Um, so, you know, that explains the, the difference in philosophy you, as well. We're having, we're having to have, throw the ball. We're having to be in these shootouts, you, you have whereas you guys are not. Would you have guessed that at the beginning of the season, though? Dallas no, 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 not at all. Okay, okay. So, I mean, I appreciate everyone giving the defense credit, and there's certainly some credit to be got there. Um, part of that part of that credit goes right back to the offense. It goes right back to those three guys I just talked about. It goes right back to ball control and the ability to be on the field for 40 minutes and have the defense on for 20 minutes. So, so you know, it, it, it goes back to me telling you that that, three, that, three-o, that trio triplets for Dallas, that's one of the reasons. Um, another stat I want to share with you that I just pulled up that I forgot to. Uh, second half and overtime QBR. Uh, the number one quarterback in the NFL is Tony Romo. The number two is Ben Roethlisberger. QBR, ESPN, QBR. Romo is ahead. I don't have the, the numbers, but Romo is ahead by ESPN's rating, which is up to 100, by Ben, second half in overtime, by 11.6 points. Now, if you guys know about QBR, it measures pretty much everything a quarterback is asked to do. And so – that's another reason why I think Ben is just, just. I mean, uh, Tony right now is just, just, just got a little bit on Ben right now this year. The way he's been playing, I just think he's playing lights out football. And we already had the MVP discussion. I think he should definitely be in that conversation. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to win it. Yeah, uh, you know, he's not going to win it. But I think he should definitely be in that discussion. And for me, he should be in that discussion over Demarco Murray. For me, for me, for my money. But that's my opinion. All right. One last thing uh, I do want to say is that I mean Steelers' offense is ranked second in the league, Cowboys eighth. Also, also Steelers averaging more points per game. I mean, obviously it's more reflective of uh, 
the, the, the resources there is, is highly attributed to the to the trio Pittsburgh has, um, just as the offensive uh, uh, acclimates of, the, of Dallas and their success has been to Dallas' trio as well. Um, from from stat standpoint, Steelers' offense has been more productive both through the scoreboard and through the yard accumulation as well. Um, but it's close. It really is. I mean, you make oh, a great so train. train has no horse in this race. What do you think? For your money, who's your, who's your trio? Who's your triplet of choice? Oh, man, it, it really is tough. It it really is tough. Um, and, and let me just clarify. I'm not talking about careers. I'm just talking about the 16 weeks of NFL played this year. That's all we're talking about. Just this year's right. performance. That's it. Right. Um, I, 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 like I said before, man, it it really is tough. The the quarterbacks uh, play this year is um, you know it's 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 pretty close, and I, I don't look at it through the years. I'm just looking at the quarterbacks' ability, what I know they each can do, uh, versus uh, what they have done, and the running backs. You got one back who's a bit of a speed back, and you got one back who's just he he runs hard. You know, wide receiver physically, I I would have to I would definitely go with Des Bryant. I I know what Antonio Brown can do, man. Real shifty, really small receiver, pretty quick. But I go Des Bryant all day. I think for that reason alone, for the physicality of the receiver, I think I, I think I would I would accept the the Cowboys trio. For, for for that alone. Just slightly though. Just slightly. Um Well, you know you, you never know, uh, K Star. This could be a prelude to a discussion we have in about six weeks. Um or what are we talking about? Yeah, about six weeks till the Super Bowl. You know, we it, it, it would man, it would be nothing but thrill and pleasure if we were able to meet in the Super Bowl and really find out which trio which triplet, which threesome can perform better down in? That'd be terrific. Uh, you know, I'm actually rooting for it to be quite frank, quite quite honest with you, just because I of think it'd be a great both teams' rich history and just how terrific it would be. I think it'd be a great. I think it'd be a great Super Bowl. I really do. I agree. Um, All right. I didn't ask you, JB, because I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that you your 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 partiality would be with your own team, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe maybe. You wouldn't feel that way, so if you want to chime in, feel free. Well, I, I agree. I think it, I would take the triplets, not because of my um, biasness towards them, but uh, looking at the quarterbacks, Big Ben has had a, a, a great year. But the one thing that I've always said on this show, and I'll continue to say it, is consistency. Now, he had two games consecutively with six touchdowns, but he's also had some horrific games. Horrific. Hold on, that's yeah, he, a strong word. I need, I need you to hold on. That's a very strong word. Please show me these horrific games that Ben has had. Because he's not had a horrific, a horrific game. Where, where, where's that in, in the logs? Well, if this is your team. You follow them. You go see the stats. He's had some bad games. <laughs> I mean, if I follow him, so I would know if he's playing horrific, and I'll call him out on it. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I, I really. Stats in some of the games. 
But I do recall, just for the record, that okay, I slow your roll, okay. Star, slow your roll. Let me let me finish what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this: you need to have consistency at the quarterback position. He has been at the highest of highs. <laughs> That's exactly what that sounds like, too. That's what I'm hearing now. Go ahead. He's also had some poor performances. He has had some bad games. Statistically, you go back and look at all 15 games now since they got one more to go. You go back and look, and you'll see for yourself some of those poor performances that he's had. When you look at Romo throughout the year, he's been more consistent than, than Roethlisberger has. That that I can say for a fact, and when you go back and you look at it, week over week, month over month, 15 games, line them up side that, by side, they've been more consistent on Romo's side than on Roethlisberger's that, side. That, that's probably true, but the one thing you need to remember, though, is when you are a- averaging less – or I'm sorry, when you have less than 10 attempts a game compared to then, when, you, when you're throwing a ball at much less, lesser a clip, you're, you're more likely to have – uh, more consistency and better numbers because you're getting your production elsewhere. But make it make it you, you, what's that? More completions. You can have zero completion. It's a wash. Through the course of the 15 games so far this year, that statement becomes a wash. It really does. If uh, you're going to be consistent, I don't care how many passes you've thrown, that doesn't matter. It's about consistency. It's not about a number of attempts per game. It's about consistent play throughout the year. Uh, okay. I just want to remind you, the 30 touchdowns, eight interceptions for Ben, 4,600 passing yards, 103 rating. Uh, Romo's certainly been consistent, but I think you are – I just think the word horrific, has, that he's had some horrific games is a little strong because, let me tell you, we couldn't afford to meet horrific performances from him because our defense the is bad. The game against the Jets. Why don't you check the game against the Jets? The game against the Jets, we barely had the ball on offense because we fumbled just, three times. No more excuses. It's not an excuse. Game against- it's an explanation. We barely had the ball in the game. It, it, it certainly would classify as a horrific performance coming off of two six-touchdown games where I started putting him in the category of the, of the four horsemen and then had to come back and- here and start to retract my statement and felt like, and- what happened to Ben? You shouldn't have. You should not have ever had to retract it. He's been absolutely terrific this year. I mean, the guy is going to throw for 5,000 passing yards with, a, with one of the worst defenses in the league and have the number one ranked offense. Like, he's, he's lived up to that billing. I don't know. But that's but, he's not saying that he's not saying that he should retract. He's not even that's not part of the equation that we're saying. It goes back to what was originally said, which was my argument because I brought it up, was consistency. If you look at it overall, has he had a great season? Yes, and I even said overall he's had a great season. When you look at it from a statistical perspective, taking all of it into account, overall numbers, yes, he has had a very good season. But what I was saying is the consistency part of it, he has not been as consistent as Romo has. That's what I said. And the way I look um, at it, when you – when you say that your team's strength is their offense, man, consistency is what you're looking for. And I'm I'm looking at three games where uh, the offense, you know, couldn't even break two touchdowns. They oh, we're off. And they were all losses. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I want to get back though, real quick to the Antonio Brown, Des Bryant thing, guys. I think 
the way we look at receivers, it needs to change. This whole size thing, why? yeah, that's cool. No, this, this, this is because here's why. Then if that, well, hold on. Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, T.Y. and they all want to have a word with you guys, okay? Because, you know, it, listen, you want to talk about consistency? No one's been more consistent than Antonio Brown the past few years in the NFL, period. Uh, secondly, you know, the, the, Antonio Brown in the red zone is still a red zone threat. They will throw fades to Antonio Brown. So if you want to talk about size and all that stuff, yeah, it helps a lot in the red zone. It helps a lot with jump balls. But here's the thing. Antonio Brown doesn't need to do too many jump balls because he's wide open. So, and and you can see the same thing. The NFL is kind of transcending towards it with how Odell Beckham, another guy who's a quick twitch receiver who just gets open and is absolutely an amazing athlete. Same with T.Y. Hilton. The, the the whole everyone needs to be six foot three, six foot four. Uh, I'm telling you that that's just not who the way said, to look at it. Anymore. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who said that? What I said. Train, train, train looking. said. No, no, no. Train, train did with looking at the physicality. I said, between I said he was physical. And he is, and he is physical. You said it yourself when you started comparing the receivers. So I said nothing different than what you said. I just used different words. He's a beast, and because he is a beast, yeah, I'm gonna take him over Antonio Brown. I mean, really. He's not you, you're combating that, and, and, and I'll pretty yeah, much yeah. echo your words, oh, your I, sentiments. I, I, I echo your I, sentiments on I the receiver. And yet, okay, so I that also think he's a beast. His, I chose him. Size. That talks about his play on the field. He said he's physical. I didn't say anything about him being six. I said physical. And he is more physical. Cricket. Uh, yeah, that's no, a, no, that's not the first. Train, train. That's Listen, a it's not the first. But when people talk about the best receivers in the league, oftentimes they look at the prototype, to what they consider to be the prototypical receiver, and that's the bigger guys. And I just think that I just don't see how anyone can sit here and say that Antonio Brown has been the better player this season when you look at a his numbers at B. Just the dude, he's always open. I mean, yeah, he's bro. The dude, okay, he can't bump at the line. He's too quick. I mean, it's just Antonio Brown being open and, and doing having success. Uh, it, it, there, there are a lot of factors that go into a, a receiver having success. I'm talking about man versus man, mano a mano. I would still take Des Bryant because I think he's a better physical specimen with the total package of of finding ways to climb to get to the ball. Period. Over Antonio Brown, I think he's better. And and, and K Star, just 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 as a comment, you know, you keep going back to stats, and you 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 are selective in the stats that you use. You're looking at volume, and you have this mentality in your argument that volume equals better. You know, Matt Stafford throws for five thousand yards, and I don't I don't hear him in any conversations. Because Matt Stafford doesn't have his seasons, he just has he just has numbers in. But, but I'd, like to make, I'd, I'd, I'd like to make my own point, please. My point is you can't just look at volume and say better because more catches, more yards equals better. That's not always the case. You know, quality counts. Uh, fourth quarter production counts. Wins and losses counts. You know, and when I look at Romo and Ben, I'm looking at all of that. Yes, Ben has more yards, and Ben's throwing 10 more times a game. That means he's better because he has to throw ten more times a game because um, he's, because he's asked season. to do more because of the circumstances of our teams. But but when you look at why and you look at why. Do you not do you not understand 
that the reason that the Dallas defense, one of the main reasons, we have a great defensive coordinator this year, but the talent didn't really spike up from last year. One of the reasons that the Dallas defense has had some level of effectiveness is because of the offense. The I know. Offense. I've been trying. I've been saying it all year. I've been. I've been. I, did, I never denied that. Me. But then, why is it that your great offense can't provide the same results for your defense? Then you're sitting there saying, "Well, we're asked to do more because of a bad um, defense." Well, okay. So which is it? Because in Dallas, it's well, the defense is playing better because the offense is performing. But in Pittsburgh, oh well, the offense has to do more because the defense sucks. Wait a minute. The Dallas Cowboys defense last year was one of the worst in NFL. Well, hold on. We're not talking about last year. We're not talking about last year. You said that yourself. It does not matter. I, I understand that. I happen to know that the, that quite a few of those players from last year are still on the scene, except for yeah. DeMarco Murray and Jason Hatcher and, and Jay Ratliff, <laughs> three pro bowlers, mind you. Sean Lee, injured, pro bowler, okay? So I'm sitting there saying, which is it, K-Star? If your offense is so good, which frankly I believe it is, I don't. I'm not saying your offense isn't good, but then you can't use the defense excuse because Ben has to do more because of the defense. Because Dallas has the same dynamic with their offense. The same oh, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference, and that's what you asked. And what we're asking is who has the better triples trio, whatever. Well, we don't have the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Let's be clear here: the Steelers. Is, as an offensive line unit, it's much better at pass blocking than they are run blocking. Uh, that's part of the reason why Steelers, the Steelers do go through a pass-happy approach because they simply are more effective at doing that. You know, schematically, that's what they're, they're playing to their players' strengths. We don't have the Cowboys' amazing offensive line that creates craters for holes. Uh, and, frankly, it's by far and away the best offensive line in football, yeah, which I'm so envious of. Does their job but, I mean, I'm just saying that's, that's – <laughs> Well, I mean, they're doing what they're do. But you still have to execute. You still have to execute. You know, the, the yeah, wide receivers still have to get open. The running back still has to read the holes and, and hit them hard. And, you know, I mean, everyone still, Romo still has to adjust at the line. Are they blitzing? Are they not blitzing? What's going on? You know, there's still all of that. Even with this great offensive line, there's still a lot to this game that, that relies on these three players. You know, and and, and, no, secondly, I, and I agree. I was just answering your question. About why well, and, you know you have that different philosophy than we do. Well, but you're, but I, I just think I don't, I, I don't know that I said you had a different philosophy. What I said was you explained two scenarios differently. To it's the same scenario. Our defense mm-hmm. is not very good, and we've been able to compensate by our offense. That's what we do mm-hmm. this year. And you, you guys, defense, yeah, you guys are controlling really the clock good. through time possession. And you're, you're, you're de- right. And your defense is not very good, and you're using it as an excuse and saying, well, we have to do more. Well, so does Dallas. No. Dallas has to do more, too. 40 minute time of possession to win games. They're that's just not doing easy. it. That's, that's, again, I'm saying the reason why you're able to do that more effectively than it's like we are is because you guys have a great run blocking unit. We do not. Therefore, we have to pass more, and we all know what happens when you pass more. There are more chances of the completions, which stops the clock, which means the defense. Oh, is can I step in, man? I'm sorry, dude. That's to me, to me, that's an excuse. I simply look at it like this: the strength, the strength of both teams is the offense. So how you win games, you make the off, you put, you put, you you allow your offense to put as much pressure on the other team as you possibly can. If that means controlling the clock, scoring points, whatever you have to do, you keep your defense off the field. Dallas did it 
better than the Steelers did, and that is the reason why they are sitting at 11-4 and with a chance to go 12-4 and and why you guys are fighting for the division. It's so you can't see that. Okay, how would They're going to finish with the third seed if the Steelers win Sunday, just as the Cowboys will finish with the third seed in the NFC. So. If they win Sunday. They you guys are still fighting for the division, so my statement stands true, right? His it, it statement won't. is exactly correct. Like right, now, before, right now, Dallas, the worst Dallas can finish. Dallas has locked the three seed. They cannot go any worse than that. Your team could be a wild card team. We just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. You've got to go in Sunday and, and play play. Uh, I'm sorry, play, play Cincinnati and, and get a win and see what happens. Dallas, we already yeah. know, definitely a three seed. Could be a two, definitely a three. And I think that's Train's point is, up to this point, which is when we're having the conversation, the Cowboys have, have done these two tasks, two strong offenses, two very strong offenses, okay? Two poor average, let's say average, defenses. And how do you manage that? And however the game plan is executed, up to this point, Dallas has done it a little bit better. Not saying Pittsburgh has done it poorly or badly, but just up to this point, Dallas has done it a little bit better. And it counters your, well, Ben's throwing the ball more. And, all, well, okay, you got a stud for a running back back there, you know. It, it, you know, he, he's got over 1,000 yards. He's got how many, 500, 600 receiving yards, you know. So you've got the ability to do, you've got the tools to do what Dallas is doing. you just got to have a different, little bit of a different game plan. That's all. And a better offensive line, too. It would be nice. Okay, but uh, so we could. Create, you we can't get, act, so, hold on. You cannot act like that doesn't matter. Like you can't take that out of the equation. It certainly well, I matters also think we team. have a better wide receiver too. But you say, but but you don't agree with that. But I think he's a better. I personally think he's better than Brown. Period. I think Des Bryant right now, um, for my money, I I don't know that there's anybody better in the NFL right now because he can do it all. He can go over the middle. He can go up over everybody. He can go deep. He can, whatever you want him to do, he can do it. There's nothing on the offensive side as a wide receiver that you say, well, this could be a problem. I don't see, T, I don't see um, your boy jumping up over people and doing uh, that. Well, well, he, he definitely has quite a few of those this year, even in the end zone. Is, is that right? He definitely has some. He actually has some one-handed ones. Yeah, you should check it out. Well, they can all be one-handed. I didn't say one-handed. I said no, no, going up over them. So I'm immediately thinking of the Tampa game where he went up over Werner with one hand, and I mean over him, like over his body, but also inside of one. Same. They're the same height. Just in case you didn't know, it doesn't matter. He went over him. But now we're going to quantify. This is ridiculous. This is what I'm now talking it doesn't matter. So it's the same. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, you know, I, I think I think. The consensus right now, as much as it hurts your K-Star, um, you know, is, 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 is Dallas has the edge on your Steelers. Um, and I think you, you, you use excuses as to why. I mean, we have a better offensive line. Okay. Um, you know, we, we, did we know that at the beginning of the year? No, nobody knew that. <laughs> you know, nobody knew that. You know, it, it takes practice and execution to make that happen. That was me from day one. That was me from day one. What their offensive approach would be. They knew this what year. they were trying to accomplish. Well, you think they just woke up today? Of course, they've been trying to do this for 15 years. Been trying to do. We did this in the 90s. All we're trying to do is the same thing we did in the 90s with your, with uh, Jimmy Johnson. So there's, there's no secret to what we've been trying to do. So you can't sit here and now say, well, of course, no, it's not of course. 
You know, we've drafted first-round picks uh, before that have not gone. So most teams have. You just you don't know when you bring in a guy from college. We we a little bit of luck and a lot of coaching. Got to give Bill Callahan a lot of credit. Former head coach, offensive line coach, guy. You know, got to give him a lot of credit. Rod Marinelli, got to give him a lot of credit. And you know what? Jason Garrett, got to give him a lot of credit for what he's done with this team. You know, so, you know, six weeks, seven weeks ago, you yourself, you yourself came on this show and said, yeah, I think Mike Tomlin's coaching for his job. You said that. And the team responded. And the team absolutely responded. Okay, sorry. I'm saying, did we ever have that doubt in Dallas this year with Jason Garrett? Did we ever want – for most of the year, Dallas has been near the top five, if not in the top five, for best teams in the NFL. At one point, was the number one team in the NFL. We have not once had the Steelers in that conversation all year. Not once. So, no. I, that, that, while that is true, again, you guys' defense is playing a lot better. You had a better unit than the Steelers have had this year <laughs> as a whole. You can laugh about it. It's true. You can look at the numbers. You can look at the time. You can look at it all. It is true. Look at the tape, too. The Steelers' defense is terrible. The reason why the defense is playing better, and it has a lot to do with what the offense has been able to do. But I can assure you that you, no one, I'm the only guy on this show. I don't remember what my brother said, so I'm not going to say you didn't agree with me because you probably did, JB. But I know I'm the one who picked Dallas to win the division, and I'm the one that said maybe this defense is getting tired of being called a poor unit. I can go back and find the tape and play it for you before the season started. I'm the one who said maybe this defense gets fired up and gets an attitude, can actually go out there and get something done. But that wasn't the general concept, uh, uh, perception out there. The perception was, uh, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, Dallas is the worst team in the NFL. That's what he said beginning of the season. Would you like me to play the, the first take clip that I have on here about Jason Garrett being the 30th ranked coach in the NFL? No one saw any of this coming, yet we knew who the players were. So we can't now say, well, of course. It's not of course. It has to do with coaching and execution. And we've just done it just a little bit better than your Steelers up to this point. But don't act like we're a perennial playoff team like this, the Patriots or, you know, whatever. And, of course, this was going to – no, not at all. No one saw this coming. So No, but uh, what well, we'll, well, we'll say, though, throughout the beginning of the year, the biggest reason and uh, that the Steelers, I thought, would turn things around and put more points on the board is all year they were in the top five in offense. And even going into that Houston game, which was a pivotal turnaround, we had that crazy three-minute sequence. I said it. Then, and I said it, you know, throughout the season, look, the points are going to come. That three-minute increment wasn't just a fluke. You know, the, with the how many, how, you know, efficient the Steelers have been as far as yards and marching up and down the field, the points were bound to come. Sure enough, they did. Um, so, just speaking to it from a projection standpoint, it wasn't that much of a surprise for Steelers offense uh, to have this much success and for the team to then net more wins throughout the season as the offense continued to put points on the board. That when you came on and agreed that Tomlin was coaching for his job, and you you couldn't you know you you couldn't say anything, you you were defeated, and you, you remember that show? So you, you uh, yeah, I don't see how. Well, well you didn't have that. <laughs> Did I had to stop it. No, I'm not, no, no. Yeah, I had. I I said at one point that the Steelers 
you know, that Tomlin would be coaching for his job due to an embarrassing loss. But one thing I said all season long, and you can easily check the clips on this, is Steelers' offense points. They were going to come because the Steelers' offense had a top five ranked offense throughout the season. Now it's number two, and the wins uh, started to come from it as well. So I've been saying that for all season long. There, there was a show that you did not say that, sir. Just so you know, you came on here okay. humbled. You came on here and said, you know, I, I don't have much to say. You didn't even want to be on the show. I believe, I, I, and I can okay. find it if I really wanted to. But you can find, find that one clip. It doesn't stuff. matter because it, I have 20 million others that, that no, no, don't No, no, I'm talking agree. about the whole show. It's not just a clip. It's the whole show of you feeling like. Who cares? Why, why does that even matter? Who cares? What, what because, difference does that make? Because. <laughs> You're now saying, oh, I knew this was going to happen. I knew the offense was going to no, yeah, no, Yes, the offense, the offense is saying, there's two sides of the ball. Oh, man. Guys, am I making this up, or was there a show that K-Star threw in the towel with the Steelers and felt like Tomlin was out of there? I'm not denying that there was, but there's also throughout the season, I was seeing the same thing about the offense and that the points were coming. Hey, it's like dodge one thing, you can't just discount the other because it did happen as well. It's just strange that you, in the one end you praise his offense and the second end you make excuses for him. So I don't know which which way you want to take. Right now you're just using the best path to to keep your head above water, <laughs> what it seems to me. Okay. Well, it's, well you know, it's uh, normally happens. I, I distinctly remember the Houston clip as well while we are talking about that three-minute thing. Um, we talked about for a couple weeks afterward that as well. Well, we talked about too, but I also know that that when I said I think Tomlin's coaching for his job first, you said that's ridiculous, that's crazy. Then the next week you came on and you said, I yeah, I can't, I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh, and there, there was no conversation about their super offense. You came on and said, I don't know what's going on, and uh, you know I have to admit, I, I think if, if if Tomlin doesn't turn it around, I think this could be it. You're absolutely right. So they weren't the super The exact phrase that he said was, I can't defend him anymore. Ah, yes. There you go. That was the phrase. That was it. Yeah, I can't defend an embarrassing loss. We've had many embarrassing losses the Steelers have had under Mike Tomlin. Okay. All right. right. I don't don't see how you made it. My final final words on this uh, topic is. uh, How about Jim Galloway? All right. All right. All right. Uh, JB, who's your rookie of the year? Uh, I, I got to say Odell Beckham, man, because he has burst onto the scene, even missing the four or five games, whatever it was to begin with, and he still has upwards of 80 catches, 11 touchdowns. It seems like every game he's got eight, nine catches for over 100 yards. Not to mention, it seems like once he started playing, the Giants started playing well, too. To be a rookie, to have that kind of impact, that fast and that kind of production, uh, to me, I would have him as my rookie of the year. Um, train. Man. Um, sorry, just moving across the board at the teams real quick just to see if someone pops out at me. Um, other than Odell Beckham, um, You know, may, maybe Kelvin Benjamin, because I think he was a he was a big part of that offense in Car- in Carolina. So, um, um, I I'd probably take him 
considering that he was a big part of their offense and 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 very helpful in getting Carolina in the position that they in now. Even though it's still a sucky record, they're still playing for the division and a chance to go to the playoffs. Cam Newton. Uh, yeah, it's, it's ODB, Odell Beckham. Uh, to me, it's really not close. Um, although I will give a shout-out to uh, Jeremy Hill. He's been really really a big part of this Bengals offense the second half of the season. Uh, he's a really good running back from LSU, and he's been doing his thing, but not quite the same level of impact uh, Beckham has had on uh, for the Giants. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, um, and, and, you know, um, um, Beckham's going to win. I think he's going to win, and and, and I, I don't have a problem with him winning. Um, I really don't. I think the guy is is, is phenomenal, and I think the Giants, if um, what's his name, uh, Cruz Victor Cruz can get back healthy, um, look out for the Giants next year. You know, I think I I've been clear to say that I think the Giants should not blow it up, um, heal up, and uh, bring Coffin back one more year, and uh, they they may be a force to reckon with next year. Um, they could very well give us – I think we're going to be the team to beat in this division next year, clearly. Um, and I think the Giants could be our, our chief competitors next year, uh, even over the Eagles. But that said, what, what amazes me is so many people want to give so much credit to the Cowboys' offensive line, and no one wants to include Zach Martin in the Rookie of the Year conversation, um, You know, Ooh, who, is going, who is going to the Pro Bowl, by the way. Um, and, you know, so so – you know, my vote, frankly, and here's the only reason I would vote for Martin over ODB. Um, and I think the guy's a phenom. I watch, you know, he freaking three-finger catch on Dallas. I've seen the guy up close and personal. The guy's a phenom. And I would have zero problem with him winning. I don't want anybody to think that I don't think he deserves to win. If he wins, congratulations, you deserve it. But I always look at there's statistics and there's impact, and then how did it help you win games? You know, and, and that's where there's a disconnect there. The guy's doing his job, no doubt about it, but the Giants still, they're not even going to be a 500 team, okay, where it is pretty clear that one of the reasons Dallas is doing well, you guys all said it, is offensive line, right? Well, the only difference this year to last year is Zach Martin. <laughs> that's the only difference. So if that's the case, he should be getting a lot more praise and credit then because he's the new addition. Everybody else, all the four players were there last year. And Dallas was not this team that we're seeing this year. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. But a lot of people want to say the offensive line, offensive line, K-Star, offensive line, got a great offensive line. Oh, my God, I'm jealous of offensive line. Well, hey, he was the I'm last of Zach Martin. He was the last piece. What's that? So I'm jealous of Zach Martin. Not actually a great call out by you. I think that he definitely is overlooked. And it's only because he's an offensive lineman, which is kind of silly. Um you know, I think it's also the phrase an offensive offensive rookie of the year. It's like, what does that mean? Does that just mean the best rookie, or does that mean you know the MVP of rookies? And I think if it were like more of an MVP type, you know, uh, narrative, I think that Zach Martin hands down would win because clearly, I mean, look at the Giants or the Cowboys, look where they're at, respectively. Well, in your case, that's probably the best point you've made tonight. Actually, that's a good point. Um, and and I think we had a conversation over how the Cowboys wanted your linebacker, uh, Shazier, I believe. Yeah, yeah. we're we're okay. To, we're okay. We didn't get him. How's he yeah, doing? By I, uh, even on the field, or is he still? No, he's he's on the field. He, he's on the field now, but he's yeah, been in and out all year. Yeah, he's been in and out all year. Yeah, I, I think we did okay with our first round. No Shazier, no Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I'm okay with it. 
Um, all right, three, four, seven. Eight, not eight, a bust. Nine, I didn't say it was a bust. I, I didn't say it was no, a bust. I, 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 yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think Clowney is a bust yet, but I think, I think you know, it's, it's you know, this time next year, we could be saying it was a bust, but let's see what happens. Uh, three four seven eight three eight nine five two five three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. Um, let's uh, last time. I'm gonna skip the Manziel topic. I don't care about that right now. Last topic before we get into picks and stuff. Um, uh, I just lost it. Um, I, I I just really felt like we need to take a quick minute on this, but um, Marshawn Lynch, he was fined. Uh, weeks ago for refusing to interview and then he comes out and he does these ridiculous interviews and the last one you know what do you think about that that run by the way which is pretty incredible run he had um um uh, sunday night but i still think this yeah the run against the saints was better in my opinion but this run was no joke but anyway and would you how you know what do you think of the run you did oh thanks thanks for asking uh how, how's your stomach feeling you know, I know you, your stomach was hurting before the game. How is it? Oh, thank thank you. Thanks for asking about my stomach. You know, how do you feel the momentum played in the game? Oh, thanks for asking. I mean, every question was a thanks for asking. JB, I'll I ask you first. I, I mean, it completely irritated me. Am I alone? Am I crazy? Or, you know, what do you think? Well, I'm probably going to be in the minority with this, but it didn't bother me because that's what we get from Marshawn Lynch. That's how, how he's always been. And personally, I'm not really concerned about what he has to say about the questions. I just want to see him play. I don't speak a whole lot. I'll speak here and there, but it didn't really bother me. It's probably not the best way to go about it, but it is what it is. Not that big a deal for me. Right? Uh, honestly, I, I argue with JB. In, in the shortest words I can possibly say, dude, I really don't care what he does with the media. Just don't get a stupid fine for not talking to him. Mm. K-Star? I mean, I think he's contractually obligated to talk to the media. He can put forth a better effort. But it's Marshawn Lynch, man. Just, you know, he does his thing on the field. That's where he does his thing. So then I'll be the I'll be the I'll be the the lone one on this one. I I don't I don't like it. I don't think it. I think it's disrespectful. Uh, I don't give a crap about the medium. I do care about the fans that pay your salary. Yes, the fans pay your salary because if we don't buy jerseys, if we don't buy tickets, if we don't buy NFL memorabilia, if we don't uh, buy the stuff that's being advertised on the nine billion dollar TV contract, if we don't watch and make the NFL the most popular. Uh, sport in America, then you don't make money. You go ahead and play your game in front of an empty stadium then because you don't want to talk. Because you can't take five minutes to talk to the media and just say a few things about the game. You just you just won't do that? You just refuse? I, no, no one's asking for him to get up there and do you know a dissertation or a speech. But you, ha- you do have an obligation as part of the NFL because you, you're in a public league. This isn't private. This is public. This is a public league. And they expect certain things from their employees, number one. And one of them is you need to talk to the media. And secondly is your fan base. 
the ones that buy your jerseys, the one that comes and supports you, that sits there, the 12th man that you guys as a team always talk about, and you can't take five minutes. You're just, you're just better than DeMarco Murray, who doesn't run from the media, or Le'Veon Bell, or Matt Forte, right? You're just better because you don't think it, it's beneath you because you're not comfortable. Get comfortable. There are, there's, you're a millionaire. There's plenty of resources to go out that you can hire someone to teach you and work with you on how to public speak and how to be comfortable. Just like you had to hire someone to teach you how to be a running back. You didn't just grow up to become a running back. You had to train. You had to work hard. Someone taught you to be a running back. You didn't just become one. So you had no problem learning that, but you don't want to learn how to speak to the media for five minutes at a clip. That's all you got to do is five minutes. You don't want to do that. You're just going to sit there and just mock them. And thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. So you try to avoid a fine. Stephen A. Smith said he should be fined every week for that. And I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith too often, but I completely agree with it. It is disrespectful. It is dis- If you don't, wanna, you don't want that position, then you go ahead and retire at the end of the year like you're talking about then. If you don't want to live up to the responsibilities of being a professional football player, I stress the word professional. That's part of the job. Talk to the media so your fans can hear you. They can hear what's going on, right? Team plays poorly, you want to hear from the players. Team plays good, you want to hear from the players. He needs to fix this problem. And if not, fine. Retire at the end of the year like, you're, like you've implied that you're going to do. I think there's a reason why there's so many Marshawn Lynch rumors going on out there. I think the dude's got an attitude issue. I think there's a problem. And that's why he acts this way. I wouldn't want him on my team. Sorry. I don't care how good you are. Stay home. Go play for somebody else. Don't need it. Don't want it. Hey, it makes me think of a – makes me think of a – um. hold on a second here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Um, Hold on, guys. I got a good one for this one. Oh, man. Oh, there it is. There it is. Perfect. No, no, no. You, you don't want me to go much further. Go right ahead. Ask your question. Vernon, Vernon just, uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we, cannot make, we cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? This is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with ten people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with eleven when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Thank you, Mike. Love it. All right, moving on. Power rankings. Power rankings are pretty interesting this week. Um, You know, when you look around, most people still have – well, actually, it's pretty split between the Patriots and the Seahawks. ESPN has the Patriots top. uh, NFL.com has the Seahawks. Uh, Bleacher Report has the Patriots 24-7.
Sports Composite, which looks at a variety of different power rankings at the Seahawks. Um, we were unanimous here at the Madden Voice uh, with our top pick, and uh, it is unanimous now. The Cowboys are fully back in the top five, um, and teams like the Colts, of course the Eagles are not even included anymore. Um, the Colts have slipped out of it. Um, Lions don't really appear much. They did appear in our rankings, but in the other ones, um, the Lions didn't appear. It was really, um, you know, uh, ESPN, Patriots, Seahawks, Packers, Cowboys, Broncos. And NFL Network, uh, NFL.com, same exact order, just flipped the Seahawks and the Patriots. Um, Bleacher Report, just like ESPN. And then um, a 24-7 sports, just like NFL Network. So it's it's pretty interesting that um, they're all very consistent to say, well, the one or the two team is either the Patriots or the Seahawks, three team across the board, Packers, four team Cowboys, five team Broncos. That's the general perception out there with, with our uh, rankings. Um, we're a little bit different here on the Madden Voice. Um, our number five team is the Packers. And our number four team is Detroit Lions, who did edge out. I'm sorry, the Packers edged out the Broncos. Broncos would have came in six. Um, so five is the Packers, four is the Lions. Uh, the three seed uh, for par rankings is the Seattle Seahawks. And um, the two seed, <laughs> surprisingly, um, is the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, the Dallas Cowboys in our rankings we're no lower than three on any of our rankings. And the number one seed is the New England Patriots. Um, so uh, where the consensus has the Packers kind of in the top three, um, we have the Packers replaced with the Cowboys, which is very interesting because it's not beyond the realm of reality that the Packers could be traveling to um, Texas Stadium if they lose to Detroit to play or uh, AT&T Stadium to play the Dallas Cowboys. And that ain't, that question would be answered. So, uh, pretty interesting. All right. Um, Train, do you have the uh, – uh, uh, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, MVPs yeah. first. MVPs, and then we'll do the, we'll do the pick six. Um, okay. MVPs. All right. So, Train, uh, we'll start with you, your MVP. Um, and my MVP simply goes to the entire Dallas Cowboy team. I'm sorry. Uh, I still consider the Colts a good team. And to smack them around 42 to 7, 35 to nothing before they even uh, get a score, I think it's pretty impressive. And it's not so much that they did it, but they did it in the month of December after you've played, already played 14 games. Uh, that's impressive in itself. And that's some, like I said earlier on the show, that's some big momentum going into the playoffs. And I, I hope they keep it. Okay. Uh, JB, your MVP. All right, my MVP goes to Phillip Rivers being down, I think it was 28-7 to on the road against the 49ers with playoff implications at stake and to uh, rally that team and, and have that refuse-to-lose mentality and, and pull out a victory. He gets my MVP for the week. The guy's the real deal. Yeah, I, I gotta say, you know, I've been a Philip Rivers critic at times, but uh, you know, he, he yeah, that, that was a heck of a game, a heck of a performance, and he's had a, overall a uh, a pretty good year. So, 
one point he was being, and, is, and I'm not trying to take the focus off of Phil Rivers, but this is just an example of how I feel that Romo gets mistreated because Phil Rivers was in those conversations and it was no problem. And now if you listen, people talk about Romo being some people like, no, 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 it's just not fair. But anyway, I think Phil Rivers has had a pretty good year. And uh, that game was incredible, and that was Phillip Rivers willing people. You know, when Phillip Rivers played with a torn ACL, you, you know, you, you just got to respect that. <laughs> you know, you just got to respect that. So, uh, you know, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, my MVP is the Bengals' defense. They've won it before. They're going to win it again this time for me. Um, you know, to do what they did uh, last night, um, you know, with the turnovers and, and you know, just – I'm sorry? I was just saying they were hitting last night. Yeah, I just felt that they, just from the get-go, this is another team that's much maligned and really felt like they played, especially that defense, played with a chip on their shoulder. It was really, you know, this was the case where it felt like a lot of pressure was on Andy Dalton to win the big game, and the defense said, we got you. We're not going to let Peyton Manning run and throw all over us, although that 85-yard run was pretty sweet. But we're not going to let – we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to get at Peyton Manning. They jumped, you know, it allowed the offense to jump up, and it was turnovers and pick six. I mean, Peyton Manning throwing a pick six. I mean, you know, you know. so a, a heck of a performance. And we'll talk about the Steelers game in a couple minutes, but um, that's going to be a heck of a game, the Steelers and the Bengals. If the Bengals come and play like they played Denver, um, oof. Good game. Um, so before we do our, our picks, uh, Dr. Train's philosophy. Um, well, Dr. Train, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Uh, so my philosophy for the night, uh, teams with grit make for an exciting playoffs. And along with that, physicality will show its true face. And I said, oh, what I saw this past weekend as I saw some teams win, I saw them be very physical. We already know Seahawks are at the top of the list as far as being a physical team. I include also in there, I include Dallas. They're able to run the ball, and Rod Marinelli is their defensive coordinator. I already know they're a physical team. I saw the the Bengals step up, and I literally just smacked the Broncos in the mouth. Even when the Broncos even pushed back, and you thought like, oh, here we go, Peyton Manning. No, they still continue to smack them in the mouth. Jump, jump plays, man. Uh, and and I, I just think physical teams going into going into the playoffs, uh, Patriots included, um, Lions included, um, Green Bay definitely need to make sure they keep Eddie Lacy in, in Baltimore because they're, they're going to need him, and their defense flies all over the place with both peppers. And um, and Matthews will make for a truly exciting playoffs, and I think the most physical team will come out on top. All right, good one. Uh, I'm gonna be quick. It, it, you know, and we've talked a lot about the Cowboys, and I'll be honest. There were times this year that I was worried that something was gonna happen. You know, and I'm not. I'm not worried anymore. It's a different year on so many different levels for this team. And it came to fruition against the Colts. I mean, you know, for people to say, well, the Colts didn't have anything to gain and, you know, and all of that, um, you know, they looked like they were playing to me the first two and a half, three quarters. They didn't look like they were out there. Well, they didn't look like they were playing, but they looked like they were trying. They didn't look like they were out there half-stepping. They, like, they went and came into this game to play. 
and um, you know, ten and fourteen, and, and and Dallas played one of their most complete games I've seen in a long time. I thought it was the, you know, the Seattle game, and I thought maybe it was the New Orleans game, but this game was, and it was home. <laughs> uh, impressive game, great job, guys. No, no pep talk this week. No long uh, uh, T-bonics. I'm just saying it's clearly a different year in uh, Cowboy Nation. So glad to hear that. Um, all right, picks. Uh, update on the picks and where we are up to date, and uh, and then we'll make our picks. So, uh, Train, you want to give an update? All right, last week's uh, pick six came in. Uh Yours truly finished at five and one. Darn it! <laughs> Should have picked them Cowboys. Uh, T finished out at four and two. J also at five and one. In case thought, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I I was nice enough to give you a Steelers pick, <laughs> and you gave me that one and five, unfortunately. But you got a new baby girl, so I think that's awesome. That's worth more than this pick six. Uh, overall. Um, I'm still at the bottom with 57 and 38, so I'm finna throw everything in the bucket <laughs> this week. Uh, T and K Star are tied, 61 and 34, and J at a very close second to six is 60 and 35. Nice, nice, nice. And you know, to to be at the bottom at 57 and 38, nothing to sneeze at. You know, you can go to Vegas with that kind of record and make some money. Um, so nothing to sneeze at, and you're only, and it's only four games that separate all four of us. So you know, not 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 bad at all. Um, yeah. All right. So this week, um, all of the playoff implications. It was very difficult to just really get down to six games. I really wanted eight, but I decided to cut it down the middle and and did seven games this week. So there is one extra game this week. So. Hey, that'll give somebody one extra chance to either take over the lead or, or you know, whatever. But um, and all of these games have playoff implications. So we're going to start with the Browns uh, at the Ravens, and the Ravens to get in need a win, and they need the Chargers to lose. And we'll get to the Chargers momentarily. So the Browns at the Ravens. Um, K Star, what do you think? Your division. Yeah, Ravens win. Uh, the quarterback position is in flux in Cleveland. They've just been on downward spiral. Yeah, injuries right now. <laughs> um, JB? Yeah, my echo K-star sentiments uh, to the T. All right. Trey? Yeah, Browns will have to play a ridiculous defensive game, and I'm sorry, uh, even if they did, you still need somebody to help move that ball. So, Ravens all day. All right. Uh, it's unanimous. We all say the Ravens. Um, next, Cardinals at the 49ers. And the Cardinals are trying to get a bye, and the short answer is to get a bye I mean, they're, they are still alive for a uh, – I believe they're still alive for a first-round buy. Um, uh, well, they're definitely alive for a first-round buy. I'm not sure if they're still alive for home field throughout with their uh, loss to Seattle. Um, but in order for them to at least get a, a try to get a two-seed, 
they would need to win and they would need Seattle to lose. And then they would, they would get the two seed. And I'm not sure where that plays out with Detroit and Green Bay for the one. I, I think, I think they would still be a two, but don't quote me on that. Um, so Cardinals at what could be Harbaugh's um, uh, 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 San Francisco. Um, so the Cardinals travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers. So um, train Cardinals at the 49ers. Naturally, I probably would go for the Niners. I mean, Logan Thomas is playing, and uh, you really don't know what you're going to get from him. And I think the Cardinals' defense still will come with it. But I'm betting that all y'all will pick the 49ers, so I'll go with the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> you going with the Cardinals? <laughs> going with the Cardinals. Okay. JB? Well, he, he's got that part right. I'm going with the 49ers um, reluctantly because of the fact that, no, there's not a lot on Logan Thomas. They don't have a lot of history for him. So you don't really know what you're going to get from him. On the other end of the spectrum, I think the, the players that generally do like Harbaugh and they probably want to play for him, not to mention some of them might be auditioning for their next coach. So that's added incentive to play well. So I'm going to take the 49ers. Okay. Uh, K-Star. Yeah, I, I like San Francisco. Whenever you're starting Logan Thomas, it's not a good situation. Uh, they have something to play for, and by play for, I mean Jim Harbaugh. It's likely his last game there, and uh, I think they put up one last stand at uh, divisional divisional opponent as well. So I like San Fran. Yeah, I, 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 I will. I will also echo 49ers uh, and, and <clears throat> allow Train an opportunity to gain a game on us if he can. Um, Thank you. Know, you. You're going Thank to your third or fourth string quarterback, whatever this is at this point. Um, I, I don't, I mean, the defense is certainly stout, but you know, we saw what Seattle did to that defense and I'm not saying San Francisco is Seattle, but you know, the, the, the 49ers, um, you know, they, they, you know, had a tough loss this weekend. Um, uh, if they play to that intensity, they will be, they will beat Arizona. No doubt about it, in my opinion. Um, so I got the 49ers, uh, Rams at the Seahawks. I added this one because the Rams beat the Seahawks earlier this year in St. Louis. And the Rams, you know, have had some pretty good games this year. So I don't think they're going to roll over just because they have to go to Seattle. Um, so Seattle wins, and they definitely get a bye. Um, and, again, they're in the number one seed discussion. I'm not clear on how they get it. But if they win, they definitely uh, can finish no worse than a two seed. So, with that said, Rams at Seattle, um, Dr. Train. Oh, boy. Uh, I use another game to step out on a limb. So, definitely Seattle. <laughs> okay. Okay, star I got to go with Seattle. Yeah. Hey, listen, me and T tried to tell you this weeks ago this is going to happen. That's what you call forecasting, bro. Seattle wins the they, they win. like, like you forecast your Steelers all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey man, they might. Yeah, they're gonna win the division on Sunday. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> JB. Uh, Seattle. All right, Seattle is an easy one for me. Uh, they're playing. They're they're the only team right now in the NFC that as a Cowboy fan that I would be worried about. I'm not worried. I'm not saying, you know, a lot of things that can happen, but I think we match up well with uh, uh, Green Bay and and, and Detroit. But Seattle, I'll tell you, the way they're playing, 
they're going to be tough for anybody to go out there and beat. And especially Dallas, potentially have to go there at some point and play them a second time. It's a tall order. That team, that team's on fire. So Seattle, um, Russell Wilson, man, oh man, what has he turned into? Guys, something else. What he did to Patrick Peterson and scored that touchdown. Jesus Christ. Jay, it makes you think of that time we were up there in Vernon in the field house playing ball, what you did to that boy. And then when I told him about his underwear being left <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> oh, man. Remember, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> I told him, left. I said, I said, there's your shorts. You left your shorts there on the court or something like that, I said. And that's what that's what, The jackstrap being left at half court. <laughs> well, that's hey, by the way, that, that Russell Wilson play – Russell Wilson play remind me of like Don McNabb like two thousand two against the Redskins. Just that like that nasty juke and then getting into the end zone. That was absolutely sick by Russell Wilson. I don't know if anyone knows what play I'm talking about, but um Don McNabb oh, highlights you ever see it early in back early back in the day. It was awesome. Don McNabb was a very good runner, but he, he can't he can't mess with Russell Wilson though. Don McMahon was more he, – he was a bigger nah, guy. He definitely can't. Yeah, he can't mess with Wilson. Look like Will, Russell Wilson looks like he could be a running back. <laughs> you know, it looks like if he wanted to, he could be a running back. It's, it's, it's just amazing. He's a running back with an arm. Um, all right. Um, Chargers at the Chiefs. Both teams still have something to play for. Chargers win and they're in. Chiefs need to win. Need the Ravens and the Texans to lose. So the Chiefs – have a much steeper hill to climb. Chargers at the Ravens. I'll go first. We just talked about Phillip Rivers, um, and this is what he does. Chargers are going to win. Enough said. JB? Mm, yeah. I, I want to say Chargers. I really do. But I have a feeling Chiefs are going to show up today. I, I, I don't know what tells me they're going to do it. As much as I want to say the Chargers are going to do it, something's going to happen during that game that's going to cause a tie to swing, and I think the Chiefs are going to squeeze this one out. Okay. Hey, Star. I like Kansas City at Arrowhead. It's a tough place to play. There's an opponent. Like you said, the Chiefs still have something to play for. And um, uh, Rivers, uh, he played terrific against San Francisco, but – the prior four games, uh, you know, he was only at, only getting one touchdown a game, and that's partially because there's reports that he's hurt, and also uh, his two tackles got hurt or have been hurt as well. And um, the best thing about Kansas City is their edge rushers with Houston and Tom Ali, so I like Kansas City. Dr. Train. San Diego Superchargers. <laughs> All right. Um this game is for the division. Both teams will be in the playoffs, and one um, um, will get a bye, and one will be a wild card. Um, well, maybe uh, could get a bye. I mean, I say will get a bye, could get a bye. Um, Lions at the Packers. Train your division. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to use this one to try to get a leg up. So I'm gonna go for the Lions, man. Okay. I know you don't believe that, but okay. Um, <laughs> JB? You know, at the beginning of the season, I said the Lions are going to take the division. Um, if it weren't for who they were playing to, no, for uh, Sunday, I'd say yes, but I'm going with the Packers. They're at home, and I just can't see the Lions pulling this one out, so I'm going Green Bay. A-star. Going Green Bay as well. Matthew Stafford is horrible on the road. 
Um, I don't see why he, all of a sudden he's going to muster up some very good game to be Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay. I don't see that happening. I like Green Bay to clinch the division. Yeah, I, I said Green Bay would win the division, and sticking with my pick, Green Bay, to win the division in this game. Um, uh, Panthers at the Falcons, two sub-500 teams. The Saints uh, imploded, and they are out. And one of these two teams will win the division, and the other one will be home watching the other team uh, host, um, believe it or not, a uh, wild-card game. Panthers with Cam Newton, Falcons, Matt Ryan. Uh, let's start with Dr. Train again. What do you got? Well, I got to go first. I'm okay. putting together a diabolical plan here, bro. Okay. JB, who you got? <laughs> With that being said, last week I said Falcons because it's a divisional game, and this week I'm saying Falcons because it's a divisional game. So, ATL. All right. A-star. Going with Cam and the Panthers. Going back-to-back winning the division. The defense played really well past month. Again, a lot of pressure. And uh, Jonathan Stewart's running really well, which is weird because for a while I thought he was done, and he looks really good going Carolina. Cam Newton is a different has a different attitude since his car accident. Just wanna just wanna state that. Um, I'm gonna go with the Falcons at home. It's just they're tough to beat at home, and I think they're gonna pull it out at home. Uh, train. Ah. Okay. All right, Falcons. I do like the Falcons in this one. I really do. Okay. Yeah. All right. And last but definitely not least, uh, two teams that uh, are going to the playoffs. One will go in as a division champion, and the other will go in as a wild card, Um, very similar to the Lions-Packers game. Uh, The Bengals at K-Stars, Pittsburgh Steelers. So we know K-Star is going to pick the Steelers, but we're going to have K-Star go last this time. Um, Let's go with uh, JB first. Because they're at home and you look at the quarterback play and head coach combinations that you've uh, alluded to in the past, I'm going to go with the Steelers on this one and pray that they don't let me down. Okay. Um, I'll go next. This one to me, was the toughest of all of them to pick because the Bengals came out last night and showed me something I didn't expect to see. Um, they fought. I mean, they played with, you know, vigor and venom, and, and they fought, and they did it against a pretty good Broncos team. Um, but they, you know, they were home, and now they have to go to Pittsburgh, and that's, that's, that's the tough part about picking the Bengals to go into Pittsburgh and beat Pittsburgh. Um, I, I am I am so on the fence with this game. I I really really am. Um, I, I you know what? Right up until this last second, I was gonna pick Cincinnati. Um, but my gut is saying that Pittsburgh is gonna pull this one out. My gut is saying that at home they're gonna pull this one out. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Last second change. Had the Bengals all day. Now I'm going with the Steelers. So Doctor Train. Okay. I'm going who they all day. Um, 
Phillips played a very good game. I mean, they 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 smacked the Broncos with in the mouth, and Dalton didn't even play well. So, uh, if he can get on the right track for this game, it should be a good one. Uh, and I think they're good enough to beat the Steelers at home. So I'm going Bengals. And you want to gain on the pick six? Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I still can't catch you though, regardless of what I do. Mm. Oh well. I can, I can catch. You. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, we can keep. We can continue our pick six. It won't be pick six. It'll just be pick playoffs. So we can continue to tally through the playoffs. So. Um, oh. All right. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Um, all right. Um, I think we're good. I think we covered pretty much everything. You know that we said that we were going to discuss. Um, I picked the Steelers, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we knew that. We knew that. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, Star. Go ahead and go ahead and explain to us why the Steelers will win this game. Dude, Andy Dalton's not very good in primetime matchups, man. And you know Ben and the Steelers are seven to one this year at home, so they play their best ball at home. Um, so with that said, we're on Pittsburgh, of course. That's completely shocked. Did you say it was seven and one? It must be six and one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. six and one. Sorry, six and one. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So we've got three Pittsburgh and one Cincinnati. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I think we covered. Uh, next week is going to be all playoff talk. So we're going to look at the seeds, the matchups, and. Um, what I what I'd what I'd like to do is make predictions all the way through the Super Bowl. Let's go straight through. Okay, let's let's make our predictions. You know, so I will tell my co-host now um, to get ready, and uh, um, you know that's what we're going to talk about. We'll talk about these games that happened on Sunday, and you know how things shaped out based on these games, any of the latest storylines. But the focus is going to be is playoff time. <laughs> you know, and who you got. You know, who do you got winning the wild card, divisional round, conference championship, going right to the Super Bowl. We are going to let you guys know who we think will end up getting to and winning the Super Bowl, and that will happen next Tuesday night here on the Madden Voice. Uh, we're about to have our own January Madness, like March Madness. That's exactly what we're going to do. That's exactly what we're going to do. Now, we're not going to do this one week by week like like the wimps on TV want to do. They just do week by week, you know, and, and then they make right. or or they make their picks and then they got to change them every week because their team loses, you know. I mean, what's the point of that? You know, you you know you 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 make your predictions, you stick by it. That's it. So we're going to predict all the way through to the um to the Super Bowl. We're going to do that next week. We're going to we, have the like courage, it. the courage of our conviction. That's what we're going to do. All right. Uh. Uh, Papa K Star, any final words? Uh, being a Papa is pretty damn cool, I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, seriously, it's pretty cool. Uh, she watched Madison Jade uh, the Steelers game with me as much as you know a baby can watch the Steelers game. Um, she had her Steelers outfit on that you know put, we put on her in the morning, so it was pretty cool having the first game day with her. And the Steelers clinched uh, playoff berth, and I clinched uh, baby birth, so it's all good. <sighs> Poor kid. Kid. <laughs> gotta watch the Steelers. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, oh, listen. Before before I, I have a I have a, an emergency uh, priority call coming through. Um, before I get the final words, I'm sorry. We got to patch this call through. 
this is like top, top priority. Uh, coming to us from, uh, looks like a Washington, D.C. phone call. So um, hold on, guys. i got to put this right through, so just pause for a second. We'd like to take a moment to thank you and your family for the warmth and friendship that you've shown ours, for sharing your hospitality and your stories. In this holiday season, we're reminded that the things that unite us as a people are more powerful and enduring than anything that sets us apart. And we all have a stake in each other, in something larger than ourselves. So from our family to yours, I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. I mean, you know, the president calls. We, we, you know, I, I've got to. I've got to let him come through. I mean, uh, my man, my man, B.O., uh, it does not stand for body odor. That's Barack Obama. <laughs> my, man, B. O. my man, B.O. My man, B.O., you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, he, 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 he calls every year to wish us all a Merry Christmas. He knows what to listen to to get his sports. This is, this is, this is the show he listens to, you know what I mean? So uh, we want to thank the president for calling in and wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. That was, that was great. Uh, J.B., uh, any, any final words? Uh, just Merry Christmas, and uh, everybody be safe, travels, if you have to go anywhere, enjoy your family, enjoy the time off if you have it, and just be safe, and enjoy yourselves, that's really it, Merry Christmas. All right, all right, and uh, Dr. Train, final words. Well, I got, I got, I got, I got quite a bit, so I'm going to try to get it all out. Uh, first off, um, congratulations to, uh, Nelson, aka Nails, aka Little Giants, in uh, this year's EAF, EAFL Fantasy Football League, he is our super, our our champion uh, for this season. Uh, edged out what I thought was a really good uh, team coming in, and a, a good friend of mine, Shy West Side Thunder, aka Andre Boykin. But yeah, so congratulations, Nails. Well. Okay, that's right. Yeah, he's an EFL legend and and well deserved, man. Well deserved. Uh, let me just say this. Course, let me just say this. Let me just say this yeah. about 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 uh about Nell, um, who who has a variety of names uh, through the years, but his, his first name is Nelson. Um, I've met him at a couple of Madden tournaments years back, and he is one of the original members of the EAFL Online Madden Football League. Uh, one of the original 20 that started it back in uh, 2006. Uh, he's one of the original guys. And, and when I sent him the, 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 the winnings from the league, I put a note, uh, thank you. And, 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 of course, I thank Dr. Train uh, for keeping the EASL name alive. You know, it was, a, it was a huge name in the Madden world for a number of years. Um, it has fizzled down into pretty much nothing, which is fine. You know, it, it served its purpose and did what it needed to do for the movement. Um, but just to know that we still have something uh, that's called EAFL that still has myself as trained, has um, Nell involved in it, you know, three of the guys, three of the founding, you know, members of this organization. It's, it's just really, really, really cool. So uh, thank you to Nell and, and a special, special thanks for Dr. Train for all his dedication um, this year running that running the EAFL. Uh, that name means so much to me, and I know it does to Dr. Train. So, um, good job, well done, and already looking forward to um, to, to next year's uh, fantasy football league. 
Absolutely. Hoorah. Um, next, K-Star, man, congratulations, bro. I don't know what it feels to be like, uh, to be a dad yet, but I definitely look forward to it, man. So congratulations to, to the newborn, man. I saw the picture, you know, her enjoying her first Steelers game. I thought that was pretty cool. Hey, man, I appreciate um, <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Um, also, um, um, happy birthday to my sister. She doesn't necessarily listen to the show, but I do want to say give her a happy birthday shout out. I got to call her as soon as the show is over because she's probably think I have, I've forgotten, but I haven't. You know, she's, you let her tell that she's only a year, uh, six months, and 20 days younger than me. Yeah, she won't round <laughs> off. It's strange, bro. It's strange. Uh, also, um, I'll go ahead and put it out there since I did use the show. Uh, uh, Dr. Train is not getting married. Dr. Train is still single. And just understand, uh, for those with the, with the spiritual mindset, this is all God's plan. And I am great. And I got the support of the, of the show uh, to keep that going. Uh, and lastly... Uh, T, you are my brother from another mother. We go back to Madden 2005. I'm never trying to attack you on the show, bro. So if you were offended by anything I said earlier, I apologize. Football 101. Uh, so other than that, man, looking forward to a final week. And I think the biggest game for me to watch this week would be would be uh, Lions at the Packers and Bengals at Steelers. Those are my two to definitely keep an eye on this week. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Train, for all of those words and all of those comments. Um, mine is going to take a minute or two as well, so bear with me. Um, for, first, first and foremost, once one more time, um, congratulations again to K-Star. You know, um, you know we, we always go at it on the show, but at the end of the day, and, and, you know, we're all brothers here doing, doing the show from our heart, and we all love football. And, um, you know, to just, to just watch K-Star uh, you know, a guy that I've known for a number of years, guy I played Madden with, um, got my got my butt kicked, but you know, I, I played with him. Well, well, let's just say I held the controller while he whooped up on me. But anyway, um, and and then to see him, you know, really, uh, you know, growing his family and you know, things, you know, child and all of that, and uh, the things that he's done, it's just it's just it's just great to see. And not just Case, a lot of guys in the Madden community that I could say that about. But since we're talking about the guys on the show, uh, it's just it's a pleasure to have him on the show with us. And it's a pleasure uh, to know that, you know, we were uh, to, to some degree in some small way apart, we could go through the birth of his first child with him. So uh, an extra special congratulations to, um, to K-Star. Um, to Dr. Train, hey, man, you know, you, you know we, we passionate about football. I never I, – I did take a little bit of offense, but I always get over it. I always let it go because I know deep in my heart you don't mean to offend me. So I do get past it, even if you hadn't apologized um, – I would have gotten over it because I do know we're brothers and, you know, brothers sometimes go at each other and it's, and it's okay. I know you didn't mean anything by it. And if I, if I came across in a negative way, I extend my apology back to you as well. Um, certainly didn't mean to. Um, and uh, I want to really tell you that, you know, you're another person I've known for a number of years and have seen you go through a lot of things and the class and dignity that you are handling your latest, um, um, challenge is, is, just, is just impressive beyond words. It really, really is. But I also want to say this, and I think you'll appreciate this. Um, 
we will send our best wishes to to Monica and 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 hope that she's doing okay and just wish her well. You know, she supported the show and and she would listen every week and uh, probably won't listen anymore. And that's understandable. But we wish her well. We wish we wish we wish her well. And hopefully, um, I'm okay at extending that. You know that that uh, well wish to 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 your to your absolutely. Um, um, and, and last but not least, man, just to kind of to my brother, um, this is going to be a tough week for me and my brother. Um, we we don't have each other uh, in, in 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 close proximity this week, but we certainly are only a phone call, text message, smoke signal, you know, shout out the window away, um, and we're going to be all right, you know, going through our first Christmas uh, without our father, but but. Um, I just want him to know I'm thinking about him down there in Atlanta. If he needs me, you call, you holler, you know, I can't, I can't reach out and hug you, but I can send you one. Um, but just know that, that we'll take care of mom up here. I know you're going to worry about her because you love her to death like I do. And we'll take care of her because we know you can't be here. Um, so we will do our best to take care of her. And, uh, we just going, we're going to band together like a family and we're going to get through this holiday. You know what I mean? That's what we're going to do. And uh, keep keep tradition alive is what you always say. And uh, and, and I echo that, and that's what we're going to do. So, um, uh, and, and my best to your little ones, uh, Olivia and, and, and Devante and Nisi and, and Jazz, and, and send Mickey and my best too. So to, to your entire family, uh, nothing but love from, from Commissioner T, uh, your brother. So with all of that said, I want everybody within earshot to have, and I always say happy holidays, happy holidays until we're right up on Christmas out of respect. We're right up on Christmas now. Man, I want everybody to have a Merry Christmas and really just enjoy your friends and your family and loved ones for Christmas because you never know when that person isn't going to be there anymore. So just enjoy them. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, We will be back before New Year, so I don't have to say Happy New Year just yet. But I can say Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a great, great Thursday. And I hope you get everything you want from Santa. And then, once you get through Christmas, once you get through the holiday, which, by the way, it's going to be 60 degrees in Connecticut on Christmas Day. Go figure. But anyway, once you get through all of that, are you ready for some football? Because we got some games going on this week. Stay tuned. So, K-Star, the new father, the Dr. Train, and last but not least, my brother JB. Everybody out there, enjoy the games this weekend. Merry Christmas. And remember, last week of football, all feuds will definitely be settled on the field. Good night, everybody. Okay.